and constantly I'm still trying to like, you know, prove to others that you can do anything, like anything you put your mind to And no, it's not going to come easy. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have blood. You're going to have sweat. You're going to have tears. It's going to be extremely hard. But if you do, if you do that, if you work your butt off and you continue grinding, as long as you don't quit, you can do anything that you want to in this world. One, two. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 88 of the On The Runs podcast. We are coming to you virtually, baby, like always. Erica, what's up? Not much. I, 88. Can you believe that? 88. I have to tell you. Double eight. David Postenok, baby. The number eight is my favorite number, and so this is going to really? be an excellent podcast for many reasons, but including that one. <laughs> Eight is a great number. You know, Cam Neely, he was number eight. David Posternock, mm-hmm. he's double eights. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was number eight, and then he was 88. Like, eights are really cool. I love I love the number eight. That's a good good pick for a favorite number. Just curious, how did my you My number, come- and, oh, mine, it was my uh, soccer jersey when I played in high school. All right, cool. It was my baseball mm. number one year, I remember. But it was basically the only year I had number eight. Eight's a great number. Episode 88. We made it. We're a week into the new year. Like, how is everything, Eham? It's still going good. I'm still uh, still reeling over the choices that I made uh, <laughs> race-wise for this coming year. So, ooh, I got some training to do. I'm excited. We both do. We both do for sure. Well, yep. this episode is one of our longest ever guest appearances. And let's get into it because we have this guy that you met last summer, Jared Ewing. And we talked to Jared for nearly two and a half hours. It was so good. (laughs) Just buckle up, you guys. You're going to really enjoy it because he has quite the story to tell. So on this episode, here's what we're going to do. We talked about this uh, before the end of last year. We've did it a few times, and we're going to do it more this year. When we have a long guest appearance, we're going to do our outro a couple days later on Thursday. Not to, in, Instead of making this a three-and-a-half-hour episode, we're going to try to keep it in that two-hour range. This goes over the two-hour range. And I mm-hmm. did very minimal editing on this one, actually, just because it kind of flowed. I like the way it flowed also. Editing a two and a half hour guest appearance is a lot of work. So I just let this one really flow. I made sure I took out the key parts. Like when you talked about that thing that you did to get happiness in your house. Uh, We'll we'll leave that out. That's another time. (laughs) Well, actually, there is this one funny story. Uh, At one point, we talk about nurses and I go, hey, I have a story about a nurse. I don't think I shared it. I said, I'll share it after. I don't think I did. So before this episode ends, I'll share the hot nurse story. (laughs) You're going to like this. You're going to like it. But before we get to Jared, guys, please don't forget, follow us on Instagram, uh, TikTok, subscribe to our YouTube channel. In our brand new Strava Club, Erica created us a Strava Club. How cool is that? So you can just search for On The Runs Podcast Strava Club or something along those lines and uh, join us and we'll keep each other motivated in this new year. And then if you really love us and you want to be a big supporter of the pod like Pam was and we talked about Pam last week, you can join our Patreon page because our patrons are amazing and you can be a friend of the pod or a lover of the pod. And even if you're not a patron, you're still amazing and we still love you. I'm losing my breath. 
I am getting exhausted just talking here because I just ran. (laughs) All right, guys, let's jump in. Please enjoy this episode with Jared Ewing on the On the Runs podcast. Our next guest on the pod is from Ohio, but Erica was super fortunate to meet him here last summer. He is a military vet who found his running story after a tragic accident back in 2018, and he's here to tell us his story. We are wicked excited to welcome Jared Ewing to the On The Runs podcast. What's up, Jared? What's going on, guys? Uh, Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Nice to finally do this. We are super excited to have you. It's really nice to see you again. I know it's been a few months since we connected. Um, As Eric actually dropped already, I got to meet you at um, a nice fundraising event from Yuma. Um, Did you meet Yuma from the military or do you know her just from the New Hampshire running community? Just from the New Hampshire running community. Yeah, I, uh, through a mutual friend, uh, Jordan Whitaker, she, uh, uh, I met Yuma at the Boston Marathon because we're all charity runners. Awesome. Oh, well, that's going to bring up some topics tonight. That's awesome. But um, when we were there at that fundraiser, um, Melissa from the Run Walk Brew Club, uh, actually, Eric's wearing a nice shirt of that at the moment. um, But she was like, you have to meet this guy. So I'm so glad that she connected us. And I'm glad that this is finally happening. So welcome. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Melissa's awesome. Yeah, she's uh, definitely a big fan. And uh, she's a great wing woman. I'll tell you that because I'm more of a (laughs) conserved person i kind of mm-hmm. laid back and but she's right up there introducing me to everybody so i love it yeah and so i get to meet great people like you guys well she yeah. does the same thing for us too <laughs> she's she definitely really like does. hey you got to meet these people so <laughs> she really does I'm glad like, she's she's there to connect i'm like melissa do yeah. you want to come on the podcast and she's like yes i'll come on but really you need to meet jared or <laughs> heather or amanda <laughs> and have them on they're so much better than me and i'm like i want to have you all so I'm super happy to actually finally talk to you. We've been chatting for a few months. We've rescheduled once or twice, maybe on our end, maybe on yours. I forget, but we finally have you here to help us kick off the year 2024. And you kind of just dropped before uh, we started. You just moved. So you, you were in New Hampshire and you just moved. Let's get to know you and really hear a little bit about before we get into your story. But let's hear about Jared. Where are you from? How did you come to New Hampshire and where did you go? Yeah, so I'm from Akron, Ohio. Um, grew up there. Uh, I went to school with a college at the Ohio State University. Um, I graduated from there, and then after that, I uh, actually moved down to North Carolina for a few years. So I was uh, at this point, I was like 23, single guy. Had a buddy that moved down there. Moved there with him, and after about three years, um, missed the family and friends. Moved back to Ohio. So I, I kind of have this pattern now. But uh, that story anyhow, when familiar. I was. Yeah, just well, a little bit, right? I, was, I lived in Charlotte for three years as a single guy. Then okay. I eventually came home to New Hampshire. Oh, <laughs> yeah. When were That's you in Charlotte? That's where I was, yeah, in Southern Charlotte. Um, that must have been, what was it, uh, 2011 to 2014. Okay, I was there 2008 to 2011. Oh, you okay, guys just so missed. Yeah, we just missed <laughs> each, just other. Miss yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. it's a cool, cool yeah, little so- town. They call it Uptown, not Downtown. Yeah, yeah, that, that thrilled me off for a long time. Yeah. I'm like, where's Downtown? Yeah, and they're like, no, it's up yeah. down. One <laughs> of the girls, one of the girls I did date down there, she was a you know Charlotte born and bred. She goes, it used to be so dumpy and trashy. They wanted people to think of it like uptown. It's nice and and glamorous yeah. and shiny, and so they don't like. They called it uptown instead of downtown. Yeah, and I actually, uh, I was starting to say that here for a little bit once I moved back to Ohio, but no one was having it. So nobody caught Went on. Back to the old downtown, yeah. 
So. I mean, if Billy Joel can do it, why can't why can't everyone else? Exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So continue on. So when I was down in North Carolina, that's when I joined the National Guard. Um, you know, oh. school loans kicked in. Looking for a way to get those things paid off. And I had always wanted to be in the military since I was a little kid. Uh, my grandpa, who was my grandpa who served, kind of talked me into uh, going to school first and then joining. And so once I got out, it didn't take me too long before I, I signed up for the uh, Army National Guard. And so I did that. And then, yeah, once I moved back to Ohio after about three years, um, I was doing uh, work for the uh, National Guard up here because I got an active duty. Uh, active duty army national guard job and so i was doing that for a while and then uh yeah my accident ended up happening and we'll eventually get to that mm-hmm. and then uh after that i just uh, was looking to get away for a little bit um wanted to grow as a person um, maybe it ha- maybe it was involved with the accident i don't know at this point um uh, but really something was like calling me to kind of just move away and to be honest i was uh applying for jobs in like Florida and Texas and Colorado. And I just knew one person from New Hampshire, some guy that did the same job as me, but for the New Hampshire guard, Mm -hmm. I met him up in Idaho at an IT school and just, we stayed in touch. And then eventually one day when I was telling him I was looking to get out of Ohio, he's like, you should come up to New Hampshire. And I was like, New Hampshire. And he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, he's like, well, BAE Systems is always hiring vets, IT vets yeah. with clearances. And I check all those boxes. And so I was like, I'll apply. And I applied and it was probably one of the easiest uh, interviews I ever had. And before I knew it, I was moving 10 to 11 hours away where I knew just, just one person and I'd <laughs> never even visited. So. Well, that's so, pretty yeah. cool that now you have quite the, uh, what do you want to call it? Safe, not a safety net, but a web of friends in New Hampshire. So you're, we're hoping to see you back here sometime soon. <laughs> you yeah, have to. I need to meet you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a second home now. You know, it's to me. I had a better experience than I did when I was in North Carolina. Nothing against North Carolina, but I, I was more like I said, I'm more introverted unless I really get to know you, and then I can just I'll talk your ear off. Um, but when I was down in North Carolina, I didn't really. I had work friends. I had buddies in the guard. But I kind of relied on my roommates to like, you know, get me out or to, to hang out with their friends. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was just a different vibe. And so that's why as I after the accident, all that, I was like, I want to move up, move to some place where I don't really know no one. So I, it forces me out of my shell and I can yeah. grow as a person. And I think New Hampshire definitely, definitely did that for me. I uh, grew up so much when I was out there. Just again, now I can talk to more people, came out of my shell. And like I said, I just made so many friends there. And so I will be back, uh, yeah, plenty of times, especially because I like snowboarding. So I'll go skiing with you. I'll, I'll, I'll ride oh, with you I'll, too. I'll, I'll, I can snowboard up and down the mountain as well, just as good as I can skiing. Maybe not as good as I can skiing, but I want to ask, actually ask you about this. You moved to New Hampshire, you knew one person. One of the, amazingly, one of the hardest things in my life I don't think that's fair, actually. But just when I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, I knew nobody. And I wanted to do this for years. I knew what I wanted to do. I had this goal and this dream. And then I moved there and I knew no one. And there was like these days and nights of like, oh, my God, it's Saturday night and I'm just staying in and everyone's having fun. Like, how did so I had went through this whole process of making friends. How did you go through that uh, meeting people and making friends process when you moved to New Hampshire? Um, so for me, it was a little bit easier. So I had my buddy that my one friend that I knew through the garden stuff. And so, um, on the weekends, you know, every once in a while I'd get a hold of him 
because for sure, like I'm kind of a homebody during the week. I kind of like my being alone time, being in my routine. I love my routine, but then on the, on the weekend, I like to, you know, have fun just like everyone else and be Absolutely. around people. And so, and so when I was there, I didn't really know enough people at first, but my buddy that I know is just, he's a chatty Kathy. He gets out there, he talks to everybody. So I knew it was a way to meet other people. But also the the big key was working at BAE, there was nothing but vet, like probably 90% of the people that work there are veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was real easy to make friends there. And then my group of friends, there was probably like six or seven of us. There was only one person that was, and I would say he was from like Lowell, Mass. So everybody was from different parts of the States. And so we all became each other's like family in a way. There was awesome. somebody from Puerto Rico. There was somebody from Florida. There was somebody from Colorado. Uh, and there was a few other places as well. And it was like, you know, so when we'd have a Friendsgiving, we became like such a, a close group of friends. And then I would either hang out with them or we'd go out and do things on the weekends. And I think just working at BA really helped out again because the veteran community there was so strong and it's like that just makes it very relatable um, absolutely that's That's such a hard thing to do is just like breaking out of your shell but once you find that core group of people like you hang on to them don't let them go (laughs) (laughs) right and the cool thing is that core group stays intact even when you move i'm still really good friends with all my my that core group of friends in charlotte north carolina and we live like one lives in dallas now the other one's still in charlotte i'm here we still talk and communicate and occasionally see each other for a surprise 40th birthday party that happened the other year and it was a ton of fun so (laughs) it's you're gonna you still got that core group here and we know that's people like melissa and others who you met in the running community and before we get to your story talk about the running community here in new hampshire because you mentioned how much you loved it before we uh, hit that record button yeah, so it, when I first moved there, you know, of course, you know, I was just more of a like a solo runner. But I always tell people I, I get so used to that, but I really do enjoy running with people. There's nothing like it, even if you're not talking, even if you're just running along with someone. And so, you know, I the way I, I found the, the running community up there was through my buddy. I told him I was trying to get into the Boston Marathon. He's like, well, I know a person. I know someone that's doing it. She, she might be able to get you in. She might not be able to. And I was like, all right. So she linked up. So we linked up. And at first, I don't think there was like any bibs or anything open at this time. This is like in January. So you know oh, that's getting close to like yeah, go yeah, time. Yeah, deadlines are and, looming. And so I continued and I was like, yeah, I'm trying to do that. I've heard of the world majors. So we started talking and then somehow, you know, she found a bib for me. And I was like, all right, I guess we're doing this. And so I did that, Took uh, accepted the bib. And then I met up with her for a few times to go running, you know, up there in like the Hillsborough, Henniker area. Mm-hmm. And once I did that, you know, just me and her hung out more. And then I met Yuma through her and Melissa through her. And so, and so I didn't really get into the, the New Hampshire running community until after Boston. But once I met everybody and then again, all those events, you know, charity events and stuff that people were holding um, or Millennium Running mm-hmm. and some of the little 5Ks, things like that. And just, I just, uh, would meet them. And, and just, again, just the, the community up there, if I was looking for someone to run, it was very easy to find someone. And so I really enjoyed that and going to try to find a, try to find one here in Ohio where I'm at. Where are you now? Are you back in Akron? I'm just South of Akron. So we call it UCLA, upper Canton, lower Akron. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at geography, so I can't even tell you where if you know, in the state that yeah. is, but we got some buddies out there now. 
Where's Menor, Ohio? It's okay. I'm looking it up. It is okay. That's closer to Cleveland. Yeah, it's I think. northeast of Cleveland. So we do have some friends up there. It's like NERC, like Northeastern Running Club of Ohio or something. Okay. We do. We have friends yeah. on the pod. Uh, Patrick Lieber, Angela Pohl. We're going to have Pam right. on soon. It's that, that. It's funny. We're a New Hampshire podcast. We have a yeah. ton of friends here in New Hampshire are maybe the state that holds the second most guests for us outside of new new england is ohio ohio <laughs> that's awesome that's actually Yourself good to included. know yeah we're mm-hmm. slowly spreading south through the um like new york pennsylvania ohio virginia we are going up to quebec in a couple of weeks but then we'll come back and awesome. we'll spread through the country on the runs we'll yeah. continue this amazing <laughs> growth and but we are here for Absolutely. you and your story and we are a storytelling podcast. I don't know if you listened before, but we love all stories, good, bad, happy, sad, inspirational, even if you shit yourself um, and then you kept <laughs> running. We're here for it. Yeah. There's and no s- nice way to put that one. It's just <laughs> if you shit yourself. We could save, we could save a, a, a story for the end. Though. Yes. <laughs> after, after, yeah. All right, ah, cool. Nice. We'll, we'll mark that down. But- a code brown. I got a code yes, brown. Yes. yes all yes. right. <laughs> but your story, I think, is going to be hit a lot differently than anyone else we've had on the podcast. And I don't know it. I have no clue. I don't know if Erica has a clue. But when we talked, you're like, it's really lengthy. And I just need to share it, and then you can ask questions along the way. So this is going to be fun. This is uh, going to be pretty brand new for me too. I know only the yeah. bare the bare bones about it. So this is this is going to be the, the only good. thing I know is it involves your leg, at least part of your leg. Yeah. So <laughs> let's hear your story. Um, the one thing we're just going to say is spare no details. We're here for the length. Okay. We're 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 here for the whole thing. Uh, you don't need to give us a sh- you give us whatever you're comfortable with sharing. We're here yeah. for it, and our listeners are too. All right, all right. So here we go. So we'll start with uh, way back in 2017. This is I just turned 31. I was you know bucket list running. Let's run a marathon. You know it's mm-hmm. a bucket list thing. I'm gonna do. I'll, I'll surely I'm gonna be a one and done. That's it. I don't even like running at this point, right? So I had a buddy I worked with. He was like, hey, he's like, I've, I've ran a couple. He's like, you for sure can. And I was like, I don't know. Uh, I was like, well, I just turned 31. That'd be cool to knock it off the bucket list. So we trained for about three or four months, and we ran the Columbus Marathon. So that was my first one. That was in October of 2017. So, so excited. So I remember that one like it was yesterday. Uh I finished uh, just a little bit after f- uh, four hours, but mm-hmm. I was just super excited. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it, what, what I just did. Uh, I had all the aches and the pains. You know, I, I felt everything along that run, all the lows, all the highs. And once I finished, of course, just like everyone else, I, I got the bug. And mm-hmm. then I started thinking, well, I wonder how much faster I could do this, or I wonder how many of these I can run. And so I instantly, you know, I get on the Facebook at this time. I wasn't big on Instagram yet, but I had just found people like I found like uh, I found David Goggins. And so I, and I mm-hmm. found that the Iron Cowboy. And so I'm reading their stories and like the Iron Cowboy at that time had did the 50 Ironman, 50 states and 50 days. And so oh, I'm the wow. type of person. So I'm the type of person. I always say, why not me? If that person can do it, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, surely I can do my own version or something. Right. So I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to train up for like a year. And I said, I was like the following fall, I was like, there's the air force, 
the marathon, Columbus marathon and Akron marathon, all three of them within five weeks. And so I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to see it. And so I told people about it. They all looked at me like I was crazy. And, uh, so I trained, trained my butt off for about a year. And so at this point I was like 32 years old. And like I said, it was the fall of 2018. I'd say I was in the best shape of my life. Um, like I said, I had been really hardcore into listening to David Goggins and reading up on him. And with the military mindset I had, I was always looking to challenge myself. So I would, after hearing about him, I'd wake up at like three in the morning and go run in the snow. That's early. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't <laughs> that care is hardcore. I'd, I'd have three or four layers on and I'd be out there running. I would go to the gym. What time would he go I'd to lift bed? weights for uh, nine, ish, ten ish at that time. Yeah, but I, I'm not big on sleep. I, I tend to think it's overrated, but <laughs> you can sleep when you're hey, dead. Everybody, every, you and every, I yeah, differ exactly. on that point. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like Kobe said, like, I'll rest at, at the end. Yeah. You know, so, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, so I was doing that and I would go outside, run, I'd, I'd layer up three or four different layers. And I said, and I would even go run those miles after I was in the gym for like two hours. So I was like super hardcore. I had, and at this time, I'm not going to lie, like from working out in college and stuff, I pretty much had like chicken legs. So my thing was, I'm going to build up my legs so good, right? Mm-hmm. This will feed into my story. This will feed into my story, the, the story later on. So my thing was, I'm going to build up these legs because they're not, they're not strong. So I'm going to beat them up every day. I'm going to do legs. Then I'm going to go outside and run in the snow and do this and that right so the fall came around i was in pretty good shape i ran all three marathons uh the first one the air force one uh they had to actually cut that that one off uh there was like it was too hot that day and so oh. i barely made it past there's a lot of people falling out and stuff so wow i ran it i was cr- i was cramping up around like the half marathon mark so it was like the only marathon i've ever cramped up and it was like a walk jog for like 13 miles but mm-hmm. i finished that Two weeks later, I did the Akron Marathon, and then a week later after that, I did the Columbus one. And I, I somehow got faster with each of those. Um, I'm impressed. And so, week by week. Yeah. You're, so, you're a marathon maniac. Yeah. 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 So uh, after that, you know, I was, I was taking off for a while, but in the meantime, I had – Read about the, the the Abbott, the World Majors, or whatever, and I was like, man, that'd be cool to do to do that. Now I was like, all right, I did this. I was like, I want to do some travel and I get to all these majors. Yeah. So that was like my that was like my next big goal was like to do that and trying to figure out how I'm gonna get into all these marathons. Mm-hmm. And so December comes around, so it's December seventh. I'm still living in Columbus in this time. That's where my National Guard unit was. I was mm-hmm. full time. And, uh, of course, family and friends up in Akron, Ohio, it's like two hours away. Mm-hmm. And so about, about one weekend a month, I would travel up there just to visit friends, family. Um, at that point, you know, I have goddaughters and a godson, which are like my world. And mm-hmm. so I really just enjoyed visiting them every time I'd go, go home. So I went up there for a weekend in December. I, uh, stopped and saw my parents, um, visited with them for a little bit, got something to eat. And then I went over to my buddy's house, uh, visited with my goddaughters. And then I had another buddy, um, kind of like my, my wingman up there. He, uh, he got a hold of me. He's like, hey, he's like, do you want to go up to Cleveland? Uh, he's like, you know, so-and-so's sister, it's her 21st. And I'm like, sure. I mean, you ain't got to twist my arm. You know, yeah. I'm like, I want to get out and stuff. So, And so that was the plan. So we all went out to eat for her birthday. But this was still like down in Akron. There was like seven of us. So then after that, we were like, let's go up to Cleveland. So we Ubered up there. Oh, I got one of those Uber XLs. We Ubered up to Cleveland. 
and just had a long night. We stopped at one bar. We had a drink, a shot, kind of sat around, but it was like shoulder to shoulder. So we're like, hey, let's leave there. Yeah. There was another bar where we knew the DJ and we knew one of the bartenders. So that's always going to be a better move, right? It's like you kind of know the people there. You yep. have better access to things. <laughs> so seven of us went to this bar and we were there probably from like midnight to about two in the morning. So it was a great night. You know, uh, I was a dancing machine as always. Uh, it doesn't take much to get me dancing on the dance floor too. That's one thing. I will do that even sober as can be. People would think I'm drunk because I'm out there just having a good time. But <laughs> We're just having fun. So I, Come on. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, so I was, you know, having a great night. It was a good time. And so uh, it got to be about 2.05 in the morning. And a buddy was like, hey, it's time to go. Let's order the Uber. So that's what we did. So he ordered the Uber. And as always, I'm always kind of like the first person, like, hey, let's let's go get to the Uber spot. So I'm kind of leading leading the charge at this point. And so we say our buys to like the DJ and the bartender, and we kind of and we get out of there. And like I said, I'm leading charge. We're walking down the sidewalk. And so when you look exactly right outside, as soon as you walk out the door, there's a street there. Mm-hmm. So the sidewalk's right there as well, right? So we we take a left. And because the Uber was going to pick us up down in this roundabout, it's where the Uber pickup zone is, as I call it. Um, and so we were starting to walk on the sidewalk. And so you got the buildings to your left hand side, and you have the street to your right hand side. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm walking, I'm talking to my buddy. The rest of everybody else was kind of still straggling behind. They're probably a good 15, 20 feet behind. But I had my buddy that was talked to the left of me. So I was just looking at him, talking, you know. Uh, shooting shits with him and he's closer to the building or whatever Mm -hmm. and so i'm talking to him this that we're chatting and before you know it i hear screeching tires and i see just a flash of light and so i turn to my right and it looks like this car is about to hit me and so i'm like oh gosh like so i pretty much put my arms up to just Mm -hmm. do what i can because i think this car is coming straight for me oh wow so i so i get thumped i get thumped pretty hard hit the ground I'm laying on the ground and my adrenaline is going so hard at this point. I don't know kind of what's going on. I knew I had gotten hit, but I didn't know anything at this point. I was like, well, I was like, you know, I was like, I'm a tough guy. The leg's burning a little bit. I was like, but I can get up, you Mm -hmm. know? So I tried to get up and I couldn't, I couldn't get up. And I was like, Hmm. And so as I'm sitting there and I just like, I'm trying to rock myself up, it wasn't happening. And so in the background, all I hear is, the girl's screaming and the guy is kind of freaking out. And so I was like, okay, it's like something serious happened. And so I was like, all right, at this point, the leg was like on fire. And so I looked down and there's my, there's my leg all in my pants, so I had jeans on and they're all mangled and bloody. And there's my leg pretty much almost like flayed open, like a steak would be. Oh and God. I see my, I see my bone and all of that, all everything like the guts of my leg. And I'm just like, Ooh, so, you know, I just, I was like, this is a good, cause I was, in, I've been in the military, uh-huh. so, but I've never seen like combat acts. So I w- I've never seen it in person, but I've seen pictures. Yeah. Um, I know first aid, I know what shock is, all this stuff. And so I was like, okay, this isn't good. I was like, this is not good. I was like, but I don't want to go into shock. I don't want to pass out and like mm-hmm. this. So I just found like a star or something and I just started breathing as deep and as hard as I could and tried to just focus on that and nothing else. So in the meantime, you know, again, there's, there's people screaming, yelling. Um, and so they, they're all kind of trying to figure out what to do. And, uh, at this point 
uh, my leg is just like burning. It, it feels like it's on fire. It feels mm-hmm. like there's electric going through it. And so it feel, it takes, it seems like it takes forever for anything to get there. And so all of a sudden they say like your life flashes between like from your eyes. But for me, I was just like bum rushed with thoughts, all these thoughts, because after I saw that leg, I knew how much blood and I saw how much blood I was losing. I honestly didn't know if I was going to live. I didn't oh know anything. Gosh. And so at that point, at that, that point, I was just like wondering like, hey, like, am I going to see my, my family again? Am I going to see my mom, my dad? Am I going to see my goddaughters? Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, I have. And then I was like, all these thoughts of things I haven't done in my life. I was like, I haven't did this. and haven't did that. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, I just now started running. I'm not going to be able to run ever again. Like this, like, oh, my gosh. So I'm thinking of all these things. And it was like, why me at this point, right? And that was like yeah. probably my deepest moment in all this. Is I was just like, why me? Like, why now? Like, I've did everything the right, like, the right way my entire life. And so when I say, like, things, things like this have no prejudice, they definitely don't. You know, it, you just never know. And so I'm sitting there at this point, and I'm just getting bum rushed with all these thoughts. And so uh, luckily, t- two buddies came over to me, and uh, they uh, grabbed my hands. And so they like grabbed them hard. And so they mm-hmm. were constantly just talking to me at this point. And so the one guy, he was like, Hey, he's like, we're going to need a tourniquet your leg or something. Oh. So, so I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, do it. I was like, it's going to need it or whatever. Yeah. And so he takes off his belt, him and the other guy both take off their belts. And so I'm holding on to one guy's hand and I was like, you know, do it. Like you gotta do this thing soon. So he puts the belt around my leg and then, you know, he's like, this is going to hurt. And I was like, I know. I know, but do it. And so he, I mean, he rips on it and I just felt a, a, a jolt. And so he had down my leg and they did it a second time with a second one. And I told him, Hey, you know, put it nice and high and tight. That's all I, you know, I remember learning from the military. Yeah. So they did that. In the meantime, the cops were sitting across the way. So they seen it happen. Yeah. And they were kind of, they were, so they were there, but for, they went, but they weren't willing to help out. So that's like a huge disappointing thing. So I guess it's a liability issue up there. And so I, so I can talk into lengths about, it sucks you know, because what, you what feel they like should. you would do the right thing and they want to probably, but they're probably like, I can't, Yeah, you know, it's just so weird and it's stupid lawyers is really what it is. Yeah. So it seemed at that point, very defeating. And so the guys that were with there trying to help me were like, Hey, like, give me your med pack, this and that. And they wouldn't even really give the med pack or anything. And just, and they're on, they were like kind of telling people not to help me, but I know what they're kind of thinking. I'm assuming like, you know, they, they, at least called in for a paramedic or something, right? Yeah. yeah. I would so they certainly hope so. In, right? mm-hmm. And so, and so they called someone in. So again, this is all feeling like it's taken forever. And so with every, like every pulse, you know how you can feel your pulse in your arm and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, with every pulse of my heartbeat, it felt like every time my heart would beat that shock and that like fire would just go out throughout my leg the entire time. So I stayed conscious the entire time. Oh my gosh. So I can only imagine the pain. This. Oh yeah. So they, they get the ambulance there and, uh, they get me into it. And that's the only part I really don't remember. So I, they must have shot me with either morphine or mm-hmm. fentanyl or something because they put me out, thankfully. But the funny thing is, I remember the first thing I told them was like, hey, because they were like, 
hey, we're going to have to do this or that. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm pretty drunk. That's the only thing I can really oh. think of at the end. That's the because uh-huh. I just knew like, I, I just knew like if you're drunk, your your blood's thin and they could. So, but it was like the right. only thought I had, I was like, I'm pretty drunk. And they were like, yeah, we know. And kind of chuckled. So I was like, oh, all right. Man. So then I, I black out, but to back up just a little bit. So what happened was uh, a drunk driver lost the wheel of a car. Mm-hmm. And she slammed into one of those concrete ballards. Like so she lost the steering posts. wheel or or a wheel. Yeah. She okay. lost or control of it? Yeah. 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 Lost control of it. So she went around the roundabout. And as she was coming down the street, she must have passed out or something. I don't know the exacts. <sighs> but then it, she obviously went to the right. And that's when it, it slammed into one of these concrete ballards. And the concrete all shot off there like shrapnel would. And that's oh. what dis- dislodged off into my leg and ripped my leg apart. Oh so the car God. ended up the car ended up never touching me, and so the oh. co- so of course like once once she she did this, the cops came and drove in front of her, and she was trying to uh, like escape, trying to back out this or that, and then my friends actually kind of all ran around too because mm-hmm. they weren't too happy about the situation, but luckily yeah. the cops were there to kind of keep everybody away, and so moving forward, so yeah, so they get me into the ambulance, I pass out. The next thing you know, I'm at the hospital. So I'm in the ER and I wake up and they're cut, they're doing the process where they're cutting all my clothes off. How much time do you think you were out for? I don't know. So what I do know is coincidentally from the place where I was laying down, bleeding out to the ER is like 3.1 miles. So of course it's a 5k, 5K, right? So in the future, I was like, I was like, I should do that 5k. I should go on the anniversary and do that five. But, but anyhow, so yeah, so it was about three miles. So I don't know how long that would have took them to get there. I mean, it was probably a busy, you know, a club night. So mm-hmm. I have no idea. But yeah, when I was in the ER, they're cutting all my clothes off. And I was like, okay, you know, I know what's going on here. Like, I know this wasn't good. We're going to be going back to the OR. And so mm-hmm. they're cutting everything off. They start asking me questions and I came to it. And so they were asking me all these questions and I was actually nailing all of them. So I was like pretty proud of myself that like with all that, I was able to answer like, you know, who I am, where I'm from, like, like who's, who's like, what job do I do? Like all these things, they were just talking to me to keep me conscious. Yeah. And then, you know, they were asking me like, Hey, like who should we call? And I was like, you know, my mom, my dad, here's their numbers. And so I was like pretty proud. Man, you even gave them phone numbers that That I would have been like, (laughs) I don't know if I could do that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Right. And so I'm laying on there on the gurney and uh, they went, so I gave them all the phone numbers. I did all that. And then, so they go to the gas me and the, the trauma surgeon was like, Hey, she was like, your leg was pretty mangled. She's like, it's really bad. I'm not going to lie. She's like, we're not sure if we're going to be able to save your leg. And I told them, I was like, look, I don't even care at this point about the leg. I was like, I just want you to keep me alive. I was like, just, just try your best fight for me. And yeah. that's all we can, I can, that's all I can ask What's for. What's your condition like, at this you know, time? Do they, you know how they give you, uh, he's stable, but critical or critical condition, or, you know, they, they have all these, this terminology. Do you know if they gave you, uh, a condition or some type of word? No, no. I, I the only thing I think of was this critical because I remember them asking me like, can we give you blood, this and that? Because right. they had to give me like a pint or two of blood. So I knew they were I more worried about your leg, though, than your life. They're like, you might lose your leg, but maybe they were. It sounds Cause like I think because I think I think they were assuming like I was going to be OK, like uh, like staying uh, alive or whatever. You're going to you're right? going to survive, but maybe not your leg. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And like, cause when I was laying down on that cold concrete, I, I had no idea when I saw it, but once I kind of made it to the ER, I was like, all right. And then they said that. And then my mind, I was thinking, it was like, okay, they probably, they're just worried about the leg. I'm going to be fine. But at, so at the same time, you know, I was like, Hey, just, just keep me alive, do your best and fight for me. And that's all I can ask for. You know, that's all I can yeah. ask for. And, and I just told him the word, like the last thing I told him was like, Hey, look, like, Tell my parents, you know, to get here as soon as they can. I was like, tell them I love them. Tell them don't give them too much details. I was like, but just tell them they need to get here soon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they said they'd do it. So then, then they put me out. Uh huh. That is like the scariest thing for a parent to hear. Right. Let alone, oh my god. Let yeah. alone what you're going through, actually going through it. Yeah, I, I feel, I felt like. You know, it was obviously my fault, but I feel still to this day terrible that they had to get that phone call. I, it, Did I you have the stuff. option of actually calling them yourself or was that not an option? No, that wasn't an option. Mm. They uh, was just like, hey, who do you want? You know, who do you want to call this? Or ver-? And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, you call, like, call my parents. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still a single guy at this point, you know, and I don't know no one else's phone numbers anyway. <laughs> these days, I barely <laughs> know my own phone number, <laughs> you know, so I was like, I just right. know their phone numbers to so call them. Or whatever, but yeah, to this day, it just I feel terrible that they had to get that phone call, and I, you know, I feel bad. But well, it's not like it, it was your fault was. at all. That was in yeah. no way your fault. Do you know? Yeah. I want to talk about your parents. Do you know if your mom or dad got the call? My mom got the phone call first, and she didn't want to believe it. She didn't mm-hmm. want to believe it. Okay, so she picked up, tried to her, she got erratic, um, and pretty much like threw the phone down. Like she wasn't having it because she's like not Jared. Of course not, Jared, you know, because mm-hmm. like I told you, I, you know, I've been on the straight and narrow for the majority of my life, but mm-hmm. she was like, you're going to have to talk to my husband. So then she gave the phone to my dad. And so my dad finally got like what was going on. And so he was like, all right, I, then I guess, you know, he must have grabbed her. It was like, grab your stuff. We got to get to yeah. the, the hospital or whatever, which Akron to Cleveland's like a 45 minute drive uh, to an hour, just depending on traffic. Uh, so were they the sleeping them, like, because it was like two in the morning? Yeah. They must have been sleeping. Must have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was probably like three something in the morning at this point. Yeah. So now, they had to have been. I don't know if we mentioned it, but family, do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have an older brother. Okay. Yeah, he's five years older than me. Uh, but yeah, but I have a bunch of cousins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm the youngest out of all of my cousins. Okay. So I've always been the baby. That's still <laughs> so, so tough to hear. Like nobody yeah. wants to get that phone call regardless of how many kids yeah. you have that's just a they bad probably, phone call. i mean i grew up watching i love er the tv show er from the 90s and there's mm-hmm. all those scenes of the parents showing up and they're looking for answers they don't know where to go they're asking someone that someone's like i don't know you'd go to this floor or that floor like mm-hmm. i can just imagine what's going i can't imagine what's going through their head yeah. right there and trying to just get answers it's, again it's three in the morning they probably get there at four what you're probably in the OR for hours and no one's going to tell them anything. They're just sitting in an uncomfortable chair in a random hallway in a hospital and no one's telling them anything. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I was, I was, I was in, in the OR for like three or four hours. Um, But another thing was the group of people I was with, they ended up, they ended up going to the hospital. So they Mm kind of, as soon as they got it all together, they, they they drove there, so I'm not sure. I, I forget. I I'm not sure if they saw my parents, met up with my parents. Um, uh, but one of the guys that I just not I just met that night. So that was another big thing about this story was I didn't. I only knew one person, well, two people. All this seven person group, 
Yeah. And so the two guys that kind of, I always, I always say they helped save my life. They put the tourniquets around me. They were with me the whole time. Those guys, um, I just met that night. So they just helped out a total stranger. And so wow. they were, I guess, trying to get a hold, trying to figure out who I was as well, trying to get a hold of my mom or dad on Facebook this whole time oh. as well. So they kind of had that all going on, but they all kind of went to the hospital too to kind of check up on me to see what was going on. Um, so yeah, so I woke up, I woke up in the ICU. I knew, again, I was in a really bad accident. I knew what the lady had told me. So at this point, I knew I was alive. Uh, I, the leg didn't feel too well. Mm -hmm. And so I had the morphine, the morphine uh, uh, controller or whatever. And of course, I was hitting that as much as I could just to go back to bed. But yeah, uh, so but like that, the, before I did that, the first check was like, hey, like, do I have this leg? Like, I, I don't know, you know, so I kind of yeah. like look down, I kind of like try to move the, the, the blankets or whatever. And I see my foot down there. So I'm like, phew, like check one, you know, like, okay, right. like move this. All right. Got my leg. And so then I tried moving my toes and I could move my toes. And then I was like, okay, like check two, like, right. I think I'm going to be okay. But I didn't know that like everything between my knee to my ankle was like just destroyed. I had no idea at this point, you know, I was just I was like, okay, I see my foot. I can move my toes. I think I'm okay. And then I kind of glanced around and saw, you know, my parents in there, my friends in there. And I just had a, had a feeling. I was like, I'm going to be okay. Like, like this is bad, but I'm going to be fine. So I mm -hmm. would just try to nod off, you know, when I could and everything like that. So, so the morning came and, uh, I'm sitting in the ICU. And so I guess the doctors came in and they had told me like, Hey, they're like, we were able to, you know, after like a couple hours, we were able to, to, to breed your, your leg of all this concrete, this and that. Mm. They're like, but we, but we had to remove your calf muscles. They're like, your calf muscles were completely destroyed. Your gastrox. Uh, so, uh, just a little bit of anatomy. I'm sure, you know, you have your gastrox. Those are the big muscles and down in your lower leg. And then you have the little soluses that lay behind them. Mm -hmm. And those are what connect connect to your uh, Achilles tendon and everything. So they told me the gastrox completely taken out. So I don't have those. They said the soleuses and Achilles tendon was completely destroyed. And they said they kept those in there. They had to re resaw them up. This or that. I forget the exacts, but they said that I have no use. I'll have never have use of any sort of calf muscles. The soleuses that they left in there was just in case I was to keep my leg, it would look like a leg. Okay. So I don't have none of that. So you're missing the the gastrous muscle. I'm, I'm looking at a diagram yeah. here now. That's that's. Can the you big... share your screen? <laughs> I yeah. really am like. Yeah, I'll share my screen. Holy Hold on shit, here. Jared! <laughs> All right, here here's a bigger picture. Maybe. Uh, I'm sorry if that's not big enough, oh. for Erica. But no, I can see. Actually, here's a good one. Here, let me move my. Okay. Yep. So this is the, I will never pronounce it right, but the gastrous muscle. Yeah. And you can see the side view here. But oh. this little thin one is the one they kept just in case you did save your okay. leg. So it looks like a leg, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this whole big chunky muscle here is gone. Mm hmm. Yes. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, so they, so they told me like, Hey, you have no more gastrox. You, you pretty much are, don't have no use of your calf muscles. They're, they're useless at this point. If you keep your leg, it's just, it's going to look like a leg, but you don't have. So 
So they so kept throwing out think. if you keep your leg, though. So they weren't even sure that you were going to still be able to keep your leg at this point. Correct. Yeah, it, it was a it was like a month, like a month, month and a half that we weren't sure uh, okay. if I was keeping it. But so when they're telling me this, it's daunting, right? It's daunting. Like yeah. the first thing was, I don't have calf muscles the rest of my life. I'm I'm 32 years old. I was like, what do you what mean? Do you, like, what it's do you hard do for me without to, a calf muscle? Grasp. Right. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like this is extremely daunting. Like I plan to live at least, you know, 50 more years, give or yeah. take, you know? Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and so I was like, okay. So I had to like zone back in, hone back in on what I could really kind of control at this point. So I was, I've always been kind of like really headstrong. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. I was like, well, that's, it's daunting. I'm like, but I'm alive. I still have this leg. Yeah. I was like, we'll just, we'll just deal with, we'll deal with what we have to when we get there. Like it is what it is at this point. So, so I'm like, all right. So they tell me all that. And, you know, again, my, I had friends all in there. I had them get a hold of people, post things on Facebook and stuff like that. And so at this point I was like a a little bit better spirits. You know, I, again, I kind of, I knew I was going to be okay, you know, just, but I just didn't know to the exact. And so, I had a total uh, of, I think it was like three surgeries at that time. So there was a second surgery where they had to go in and clean more stuff out of there. There was still oh, so they couldn't uh, get it all uh, in that first surgery. They had oh, yeah, they got, okay, yeah, they got the majority of it. So they had to go back in and do another what's called a debridement, which is cleaning it out and just scoping out everything, making sure it's everything's because you know, that's going to cause infection if you don't get yeah. all that out. Yeah. How far out are we from and, the accident here with the second surgery? Um, that was like a week. Okay. They did two within the first week. Have you been, you've been in the hospital the entire time or were you able to, to leave? And yeah. come? Okay. So you've been in the hospital for a week. You didn't go home. Yeah. So I was, I was in the hospital. Uh, they had that second surgery. And at this point we still don't know if I'm keeping a leg. And mm-hmm. then the, the, the big concern was there, there was a big, probably a three to four inch by like two inch gap on my leg where you could see my bone. It was completely skinned. That concrete skinned it all right in the middle of my shin there. And so like, and it was still open at this point. They didn't close my leg at this point. Uh, so you could see my bone, all that. And of course, the thing is you do not want to get an infection. If you get an infection, you're for sure losing the leg, possibly your life. Oh so we had to get, so we had to make sure it was cleaned out. We had, I had to get daily bandage changes. Mm-hmm. And so with every one of those they would do, they would go in there and kind of take the bandages out. And that was, oh my God, that pain, I can't even explain it, how bad it was. It still makes me mad that they would keep me awake while they did it. Oh but my I mean, God. It, I didn't it, even it, think it was of supposed that. to, it was supposed to be a daily thing. And so after like the first days, two days, I was like, I would just like, just did not want to hear the, like those words they are coming in to do it. So yeah. When they would do that at this point, I still hadn't really looked down at my leg. So my whole mindset was, I'm not going to look at my leg because I'm going through all this stuff. And in, in my mind, it's going to make my pain worse when I see it. I wasn't scared to really see it. I had already saw it that first time. And again, yeah. I'm kind of like, again, I'm in the military. Those sites don't. So it wasn't that I was scared to look at it. It was, I didn't want to look at it and then cause more pain in my head. Like when they were doing the bandage changes and stuff. <laughs> So when they would do the bandage changes, my dad would like be on my right hand side. And so I'd just be gripping his hand just as hard as I could. And so I'd be looking up at him and I swear this dude must have the best poker face of all time because I couldn't tell how bad my leg was. 
especially after seeing the pictures like like now of it and what he was looking at. I can't mm-hmm. believe he had such a poker face. But yeah, when they would change that, it was like a lightning rod was just stuck in my leg and like lightning was just going throughout my leg. And it was the most excruciating pain. And to even to more of that, I was on like 30 milligrams of Percocet. That will, that would put a lot of people to sleep. And so I was getting that like every four hours because of my pain. And so I would have that and they'd come in with my emergency med, my Dilaudid, and they would do all that like five minutes before the bandage changes. And that still wasn't enough. Still wouldn't even touch it. Still wouldn't even touch it. And so after, after about a week of them doing that, they finally, they finally started putting me out like just a little like twilight sleep to do those bandage changes. And I'm like, thank you. Like that's a humane thing to do than making you like endure that. That's just, Oh, I can't believe that. Erica, are you good with pictures? Like if I show you them. Yeah. Are you sh- are you going to show me his Instagram? Because I did actually look at those before. Okay, so I'm your going- discretion advised. <laughs> well, everyone who's oh, listening- Oh, you even have to do that. Yeah, everyone who's listening, you can go to uh, Jared's Instagram at jrod4513 to see these photos. Here is the photo Holy of his leg. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah. And you can see that. You So you can see the bone there. And like I said, that's almost pretty much what I saw originally when I was laying down on that concrete, except, uh, you know, I still had the pant legs. And, but so I saw is that this, was, was like, this taken like right after that first surgery or what, at what point was this picture yeah, taken? Like how this, much time this, went this by? Is like, this is, this is like day two or day oh, three. So, gosh. cause this was during a bandage change. And so we were just you trying have to, no to skin. document you everything. You have no skin. Well, it's Correct. just a hole. Oh Correct. I mean, I mean, is that skin this was, pulled? Yeah, that, that, is that skin pulled back? Well, there, here's the bandage. Yeah. So let me mm-hmm. ask you about why the bandage change was so painful. Was it removing it? The whole process, maybe reapplying it. Was it just the part Probably where you stick have no into skin? all of the? So yeah, so <laughs> they would, they were they would squirt stuff in there too, right? Oh, like they squirt, no. they would squirt saline solution. That's that. So every time that. Every time that that's hitting, that's hitting what there's so many busted up nerves and stuff yeah. in there. So it was just oh, lighting, lighting up my leg like like a Christmas tree. Oh. Uh, yeah, oh. that that picture before that was from I think like just the day they tried to have me sit up in the bed, and you could see how swollen like my leg mm-hmm. was. Yeah, right there, how wow. massive. Yeah, that's all bandage and stuff like that. And I mean, I right there was probably about to pass out, and that was rough. Like, I mean, you know like what you look like? Goal. You look like your face. You look like someone who's had way too much to drink and, <laughs> yeah. you know, like. It must be all the like medi- medications like like and yellow. stuff, yeah, right? It's definitely the med. Retaining yeah, some water yeah. and, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, there are some pictures here. You guys will have to do some digging, like uh, scrolling through them. But uh, you also yeah. have a bunch of friends who come and you yeah, got a smile on your face for a ton. It looks like you're eating pizza. Another one here, you're eating a steak. The steak kind of looks like your leg. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that kind of that gives it away. Right there. You, you had a picture where you're Jeffrey all Jeffrey Dahmer Santa is from hats. Akron, but I'm saying that's I, that was not, that's not me. <laughs> so so yeah, I was blessed to have people come visit me like every day. Is that that's good to have them on your yeah. side. That's oh. my dad. Yeah. Yeah. So. This kind of ruins it. Um, all of the the pictures that you were just showing um, had you with like Santa hat. So you were in there for like 
almost a month, right? At least because you it's I, I a December seventh, yeah. and then so I at was least at, Christmas. Yeah, I was at, and I was at Metro Health, the hospital for for six weeks. Oh wow! Just gift there, and so just think of like you know we're all active people right now, right? We're like we're all very active. Just imagine yeah. not being able to be active for six weeks. I mean, oh. I had the worst cabin fever in there. And there was I nothing I could do about you. it. You know, there was nothing I could do. You know, I, I couldn't, the leg wasn't even closed up at the time, even when I left there. So I was in the hospital six weeks. Then they moved me to a nursing home for four weeks. And then wow. after that, I, I, I lived in a friend's living room for eight weeks because I was still having weekly procedures done with my leg. And I still uh, needed, my job was in Columbus, but obviously I wasn't doing that, but I couldn't yeah. live in Columbus and continue to drive up to Cleveland once a week, two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So luckily right. again, I was blessed to have friends let me live them, let me live with them in their living room for like eight weeks after the majority of the stays in the hospitals and stuff. So what does that add up to? That's 18 weeks that you were like having procedures Six, and uh, just yeah, can't be home. Weeks. Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh yeah, so so I'll, I'll 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 if you have another question, you can. I'll well, say, I can go we back talked and... about the first two surgeries. I don't think we really highlighted the. We third skipped yet, ahead a little bit, but I found yeah. it. I found a oh, post yeah. before the third where your mom wrote a post about how the surgery did not go well, and you made a yeah. whole post here. But I'll let you tell us the, the story about the third. Surgery. Yeah, so the third, so the third surgery, it was going to happen like two or three days after Christmas. Mm-hmm. And at this point, again, we had that bone exposure, right? So we had to get that bone covered. Yeah. So they want to do what's called a muscle flap surgery. So what they want to do is take a muscle from uh, my, a, a part of my lat muscle. So like your lat is that huge muscle on the side right here. Okay. And so they what they want to do is they wanted to take not the whole thing, just a chunk of it. And they wanted to put it down over over the bone and hook it up to like a good blood supply and stuff down there. And once it would it would take, then then they do a skin graft, skin graft all over. We got something because you don't want to just put skin over that bone that's exposed, right? You'd have that yeah. huge air. There's gap no padding or anything. Like you're right. Yeah, so just have ex- well, not exposed so, bone, but yeah. You want to see pictures? Yeah. So that that muscle that muscle flap surgery. Uh, I was not a big fan of having it. I just didn't like the idea of them taking a muscle away from me and this and that. I was just super nervous. They told me it was a six hour procedure. Um, and so I just wasn't wow. looking forward to it. This and is, so not, finally, this is you not, know, not Jared's leg, but it is pictures yeah, of the no. yeah. and how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, they, so once they they kind of talked me into that, I'm like, yeah, it is my best my best option because I did ask. So I was like, is there anything synthetic or something that we can put down there? Mm-hmm. I was thinking said, well, like there's... a cadaver or like. So they said that they said there were synthetic materials there, uh, but that it wasn't the best option. They said oh. that uh, because those things are kind of more so for burn patients, not for bone for on top of bone. Mm-hmm. So they said they didn't really think that was my best option that the muscle flap was. So I said, okay. okay, you know, these doctors are smarter than me. I signed off on it. I was like, all right, let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. So I went into, so I went into the OR. It was supposed to be, supposed to be a six hour procedure. So of course they start me nice and early at like 8 AM. And so when I woke up, it was like nighttime. And I just had an eerie feeling, mm-hmm. like oh, something no. didn't go right. I was like, because it should be, it should be daylight out. I was like, but it's nighttime, and I just had an eerie feeling, right? Mm-hmm. I, and I got sick. That was the only surgery I really, I lost my 
my stomach and kind of got sick afterwards. Yeah. So I was, so I was in the OR for 14 hours. So they tried to, so they got the muscle. Yeah. They got the muscle down there and it wouldn't take to my leg, meaning they tried to hook it up to the blood supply, the arteries and stuff in my leg, and it would give in for a little bit and then Mm -hmm. it would cut out. And so come to find out my blood supply, my capillaries and stuff in my leg were too damaged from the accident. But there was really no way of telling. They had given me what's called an angioplasty mm-hmm. where they they stick like ink into like your well, – they had to go through my groin. That was a whole other procedure God. where they had to go through my groin to tie it because they were going to push ink through there to see which veins and arteries are there, what's yeah. working, and can they do this procedure right. And that was a tough pre- procedure to have. I was not a fan of it. I mean, mm. It, it kind of makes you feel like you're peeing yourself every time. And then the word, the last like push, it was just like my stomach was like hurting. It just wasn't a good feeling. Aww. So, but uh, according to that, it looked like everything was fine down there. So moving to that surgery, it wouldn't work. And what they said was sometimes in like crush injuries, like if a vein or an artery gets smashed, they said that it just takes, it, it will quit working. What they said was Aww. you can't tell. So like blood will flow through it if you're constantly pushing, but they're not going to work on their own. So that's what ended up happening was that blood supply was damaged down there. So they would have never known that beforehand. So I don't, I don't blame anybody or anything like that, but yeah, so they tried to hook it up four different times. I mean, I just like, I'm so thankful for the doctors that were on their feet for like 14 hours trying to make this work Mm -hmm. and then just went it. And so when I woke up and I had this eerie feeling you know, the parents came and saw me and they're like, Hey, we got, we don't got, you know, it's not good news. And so that was another time I was like, I like, I like cried for like a couple minutes. But then after that, I was like, again, what's like, what's this crying going to do? I ain't got to do nothing. We got to focus on like, we got to move forward and focus. So I kind of, I was like, all right, it's, I'm done with this crying stuff. But, and they had told me that like the surgeons were quite upset, like that mm-hmm. they, they like were having a hard time dealing with it too. And yeah. So then that made me feel like not better, but just like more like, Hey, like they really tried and tried. So I saw the next day the doctor came and saw me and blame me. He kind of looked like, you know, like a little boy that lost his puppy. And I was just like, man, like this dude's going through something. Right. And so yeah. at this point, at this point, I don't even care about myself. So I was like, Hey man. And I just let him know. I was like, look, I was like, like, thank you so much. I was like, don't even do not worry about this. I'm like, if anything, if there's anything you can learn from it, take it, move forward. I was like, but other than that, I was like, I just appreciate you so much. You and the guys for being on your feet, 14 hours for really working your butt off and trying to do this and fighting for me. You were fighting for yeah. me. That's all I can do. These ask. doctors so like, have been on your side for so long at this point. Cause it's been a few weeks that you've been in the hospital. Yeah. They want to see yep. you get better and do everything they can to help you. So I, I can see how they would be so crushed by this because what they thought would work wasn't going to, and they have to reassess to, to get you hopefully keeping the leg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so after that, they told me like, Hey, there's only a couple more procedures. Like we still need to like get coverage down there. Yeah. But they were like, but we did put some, so they ended up putting synthetic when that didn't work. They put some synthetic material down there. Oh, they did. As okay. A last, as a last ditch effort, they were like, Hey, let's put something down there just to cover it. So they told yeah. me, Hey, we put this material in there. It's not supposed to work. They're like, so we have to start looking forward to our next options. And I was oh. like, okay. And they were like, well, the only there's only like two options. Uh, the one option is, hey, let's have another procedure where we take a muscle from your thigh 
and mm-hmm. we'll just take a vein, a good, a good vein from one of your other legs, mm-hmm. and we'll prop that down oh. in that leg and try to connect that all up. Right? They're like the only other option is, is amputation, and so like I really slept on it, I prayed on it, and and to be honest, I had told him like I. I was like, Hey, look, like, I appreciate all that. I was like, but I think if anything, I'm going to go with an amputation. I was like, I don't want no more surgeries where you're taking any more muscles from me veins. I'm like, if I, I was like, I need this leg, this good leg to be a good leg. I can't, I was like, if I amputate like then I'm, and you ended up taking veins and muscles from my leg, I Mm -hmm. want to have that leg to be as best I can. So I was like, and I had seen so many positive stories of amputees and stuff, and I just know how I am. And so I was like, I'm just going to amputate. And he kind of like was like dumbfounded. And he's like, well, you have to do this every so often. I was like, yeah, but you don't really know me. I'm going to be fine or whatever. So at that point, I thought I was going to be amputating. And so I was like looking into like the hospital in San Diego, which is a good military hospital and other places to kind of go. So- let me ask you, if you did this surgery that you're debating between this other surgery or operation or amputation, if that surgery didn't go well, would an amputation still be on the table or would it not be as good as what it could have been because they were be messing with uh, blood vessels, veins, muscles? Well, I think that if, if it ended up not working, then that was my fear, right? Was like, well, if it doesn't work and then we amputate, the amputation would have been its own surgery in itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that really wouldn't have had anything to do with it. But my mind was, okay, if 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 that doesn't work and then we amputate, well, now I have a leg that's kind of missing some stuff here. So yeah. I'd rather have that I'd rather have that good leg just be a hundred percent. And I was like, and then again, I'll I'll, right. I'll just okay. no surgery there, we'll amputate. And I'll have one really good leg and we'll have the, the amputated leg or whatever. And we'll just move forward from there. But you said he felt he seemed dumbfounded. So I'm guessing you went with. Well, I feel like not a lot of people would want to just be like, yeah, just just. Take no, it. I, well, I totally yeah. get where Jared's yeah. coming from. I don't get yeah. where you're coming from. No, I never I... had this. But um, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're probably just like, you know what? I see the writing on the wall. Let's do it and start the recovery and and get better because I read another post I'll ask, but you were like, maybe I'll be a Paralympian or something, you know, like you were trying to be optimistic about things too. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so at this point, that's kind of where my head was, but they were like, Hey, you know, in a week or two, we're going to check to see how that synthetic material is doing. So this is kind of where like the story is going to change. Right. So at this, at this point I was like, all right, I got this material in my leg and I have, so my degree at Ohio state was a nutrition I have a degree in nutrition. So I was like, okay, I'm using my nutrition background now. I was mm-hmm. like, I know how kind of not good these hospital food is and stuff. So I was like, I told them to kind of drop drop my pain meds because I wasn't hungry all the time. So they dropped my pain meds and I was like, I'll suck, up, I'll suck it up because I need to eat. So then I started having like friends and stuff when they'd come visit me, bring me pizza, bring me like Burger King, all this I food that it really pictures. wasn't even good yeah. for you. Right. But I was like, I was like, when you're in that situation, you need protein and you need calories to heal because your body is in such a a, a heal state that your, your calories are burning. So if I was just going to eat the minimum, I feel like if I ate the minimum of just the hospital food, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know if I don't think I'd have that leg, but I had my dad bringing me in muscle milks. I mean, I was going hard on all the protein, all this food and just eating it, eating it, eating it. So Fast forward like three weeks, they checked the leg out and my doctor's eyes are like huge. Like he doesn't, 
believe it. And so this synthetic material was actually taking to my leg and it was working. Yes. And so he was like, I've, he's like, I've never, I've never even seen this before. This is, this wasn't supposed to be working. That's because you're I the only like, one who had that knowledge. Why they call it. <laughs> like right. It's why they yeah. say we practice medicine. They're practicing <laughs> yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not easy. Uh, so, so yeah, so it was working. And so at this point now we really still wasn't for sure keeping the leg or not. Mm-hmm. We knew now we had a better possibility at keeping the leg though. So then we had like a round, like a round table. I call them like my round table nights, but they were all, all surgeons from, there was a physical therapy doctor. There was like a a trauma surgeon. There was like an orthopedist. There was all these people in there and they were kind of just giving me my options, which really, again, at this point, it was still the same options, but the physical therapist doctor was like, Hey, let's check your foot out to see what it can do or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I could curl my toes and kind of barely move that foot, almost like your hammer curling so hard that you can kind of move the foot. But he thought that there was a a good possibility of, of keeping my leg and having some sort of life with it. But he's like, you can keep it. He's like, but I don't, I, we can't guarantee anything. We have no idea how it's going to go in the future. And he, and so then I had doctors saying, Hey, if, if you amputate, uh, we've seen that you're a runner that if you, you know, if you amputate, get a prosthetic, you'll be running in no time. You'll be active. And I was like, great. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, yes, I know. Like you ain't got to tell me twice. Yeah. And so then the uh, other doctors were like, well, you know, you can keep your leg. We're not too sure what it will be. They're like, but if you keep your leg, you're never going to be running marathons again. Just, you know, you can, you know, you won't be doing that, but we're not sure you can still live with it. And so at this point, I was very naive at the time. Again, the doctors, I thought the doctors knew quite everything. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I, I didn't take that as any sort of challenge. I was naive. I believed what they said. So when they were like, hey, if you keep your leg, you're never running marathons again. And I was like, Roger that. And I was like, at this point, I ran four. Some people can, can't even say they've ran one. And I was mm-hmm. like, and at this point, I was like, I don't even like running. I was like, I just run for like the challenge, you know? So I was like, if I don't run another marathon in my life, so be it. Like that's, that's not, there's bigger, bigger things in this world than running a marathon. I was yeah. like, so I don't even care. Right. And so that was kind of, so by doing that, that was off the table too, as far as like having to like worry about anything. So at this point I'm just thinking, Hey, like, do I keep it, not keep it. And believe me, and no one was like kind of leaning anyway. I felt like everyone was kind of leaning towards, yeah, let's just start the recovery process early. Let's amputate, get the yeah. show on the road. Well, the way I thought about it was if I amputate, I'll be wondering my whole life, what if I would have kept the leg? What could I have done with this leg? Yeah. I was like, what? I was like, if I keep the leg, I could always amputate in the future if I don't like it. You know, if life gets hard or it's not going well, There's I can always amputate. Yeah, it. you can't grow You're your right leg about back, that. but you, you can cut it yeah, off later. Yeah, you can't do it the opposite <laughs> way. Yeah. So to me, that was almost like a no-brainer. Okay. I was like, well, let's keep this leg and let's let's really see what, what we can do with this leg. You know, so mm-hmm. I've always had that had that same mind. So we we're, so we're moving forward now. So boom, we're we're keeping the leg. All's good. I had uh, at this point. They're like, once they figured that out, they had to move me out of the hospital into the nursing home. So I moved into a nursing home because insurance pretty much kicked me out the hospital. Um, They saw my physical therapy stuff and they're like, you're you're doing well enough. We're not paying for that no more. And so I was like, all right, let's go to a nursing home. You know, which is the funny thing is nursing home. I'm 32 years old. 
everybody else is probably 70 and older, right? Yeah. So I was like a rock star in this place. Like, <laughs> I must mean, have loved you all, over the, there. All, all the, all, all, they're all trying to talk to me, you know, give me all this wisdom. I'm soaking it in, you know, all the, you know, the old ladies are just like, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, why a nursing yeah. home then? Am I picturing a nursing home? I thought it was for old people. Like, why, no, why mean, are they sending you're, you're, you're to a nursing wrong. home? So, because at this point, I still needed rehabilitation. So, I, I still actually had an open wound as well. So, that that where the bone was, where they had put the synthetic material, I was still needing more surgeries to pack it in more. So, it was taking, but I had to get more weekly procedures that pack more synthetic material okay. in there. So, I needed to be more in a hospital setting, but not at the hospital. And I was having daily, again, like at this point, a lot of my leg was skin grafted. So it needed like a lot of care just by nurses and stuff that I wasn't right. going like, to get if I went home or anything like that. So it was a nursing home and would be a rehabilitation center. Okay. But it was pretty much, you know, like you said, it's, it's pretty much all you know, older people. <laughs> but they whatever. have the resources there, which is what you still needed. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And again, I felt like a rock star in there. I mean, you know, the, <laughs> the nurses, the I guess ladies. someone told me, someone told me the nurses were like fighting on who would bring me in my, my tray. And I was like, so I was like, so like, Hey, you know, love you, the, staff, staff, the other patients, the yeah. people, I just bet you like some of these old guys would come and tell you some of the greatest stories of their yeah. life. Yeah. Just the when I'd go to breakfast and lunch, yeah. they would, they would sit around me and just tell me, and I, again, I'm just soaking it all in, just listening mm-hmm. to it. And so when I was there, yeah, we, that's a podcast idea, Erica, you know, stories from the nursing (laughs) home, just go to nursing homes and put a mic in front of these people and hear their stories. That could be a cool idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's not bad. Uh, So, so yeah, so the nursing home, I was there for a total of four weeks, but again, after like the first week, so I had a, I would go to physical therapy time and occupational therapy. And so I would just at, at first, like, cause they weren't sure. So they would, they come, they get me, push me in the, in the wheelchair. And I'm like, I, I can do this, but they're like, no, we want to make sure we get you there. And so like for the first week, I kind of, you know, I listened to them. We're doing all the physical therapy stuff and I, I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm crushing the physical therapy, occupational therapy stuff. Yep. And so what's funny is like, we got into like week two. Now I'm like, I know my routine here at the nursing home, you know? And so like I'll stroll down and I'm saying hi to people, you know, going to places, but um, they kind of, they let me start like just wheelchair into the physical therapy room. So I'd get into that physical therapy room and they'd give me these exercises and I would just start doing them. And I was like, well, I'm going to start doing more because I hate doing the minimum. And I was like, I have all these upper, upper body muscles I need to work out. And so they were like, oh, they were, the, the joke was they're like, oh, there's Jared again. He's going to be teaching the class because I would just start <laughs> kind of doing it all on my own. And of course, some of the other older people in there were like asking me stuff to do. And so I'm like, I'm like giving away like exercises and stuff again. Like it was a great time. And like, you got to earn your keep, man. (laughs) Yeah. After four weeks, um, they were like, you know, again, they're like, we tried our best. Like we're charting the minimum for you to keep you here. Cause I was like, I, I don't really have no place to go. I was <laughs> yeah. like, I don't have no place to go. And they're like, you know, cause they enjoyed me. So they're like, we're going to put the minimum in here to try to keep you there. But then after like a, a month insurance is like, nope, he's doing too well. Frickin so again, kicked me out of, yeah, still, still, I had this gap in my leg that wasn't closed up yet. Right. So I was like, okay. I was like, I can't go live in Columbus because that'd be two and a half hours from the hospital in Cleveland where I was mm-hmm. still going weekly. And so luckily enough, I had I was blessed to have my one of my best friends allow me to uh, live in his like second bedroom. 
And that's where I had my goddaughters as well. And at that time, they were like three and five years old. Uh, so I was living in the extra. I was living in the extra living room. They brought mm-hmm. down me a bed and all of that. So I just made that my own, my own little room there. And yeah, like the, the goddaughters absolutely loved it. They come see me, um, and I'd play like video games and stuff with them. And but when I was there, that's when this whole thing changed for like even more. So it was I knew there was a YMCA nearby. Mm-hmm. So I had an in-home physical therapist came, came one day, show me some stuff. And I did it, but then after that, I was like, okay, I'm not sitting in this home. Uh, there's a YMCA nearby. I was like, and I have all these other limbs and muscles to work out. I'm not just going to just not do anything because I have a bad leg. Yeah. I was like, so I got myself, so I got myself a pass to the Y. And by this time, I weaned myself off all the pain meds and stuff. So I really wasn't ha- needing, so I could drive. So I drove myself to the Y you every day. You drove yourself? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, because I still had I still had my driving leg, which is the good leg. Uh, so I was like, so but I still had my 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 old people crutches, right? And not my crutches, but my, my walker. The walker. So yeah. I would like so I would like walk into the YMCA like this, just like hobbling. And I would just get to a machine. I I, I use nothing but the machines. I'd start working out this and that. And I was just making sure I was getting my good pump to all my other muscles. But in the meantime, I would get on like the on like the the bike or something just to move the leg, just to get it going, just to mm-hmm. get it working or whatever. And so I did this every day. In the meantime, I finally had my last surgery. It was a skin graft that closed my leg up completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I just continued this with this process, right? The, and the physical therapist in home came like a week later, and he was like, "You don't, you don't need me." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I, I don't think so." <laughs> yeah, and so kind of checked the books. There was an in-home nurse that would still come and bandage changes and clean me and stuff like that, which was good. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I was I was pretty able to, to do everything myself. And so eventually I was like, hey, uh, this bike is enough. I'm gonna get on this, I'm gonna get on the treadmill. And so I was like, let's just do like a quarter mile on the treadmill or something. I don't need to do nothing too crazy. And so then I would walk like a quarter mile. I was like, all right, that's it. Got off. The next day, I was like, hey, I'm gonna go you know, a third of a mile, you know, point three three. So I just literally just baby, baby little, stepped little it step. up, right? So yeah. you you said you were off the pain meds at this point. Were you experiencing any pain? Like, was it really hard yeah. to do that quarter mile and the, the third mile? So yeah, how did so, you how did you break through that? Like, was it just using the muscles? Mo- well, using your leg more. Like, t- talk to us about that a little bit. How you how you broke through? Yeah, so really like the majority of my pain and my stuff would, would come at nighttime when I'd be in bed. Oh. So when I was during the daytime, sure, there was, there was, there was pains there. I'd get tingles. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of tingling because I had a lot of nerve damage. That was probably like oh. the worst of it. Um, so at a certain point, like my pain from just like stepping on the leg and stuff really wasn't there at some point because of the physical therapy and stuff I was doing in the nursing home and in the hospital, mm-hmm. but I had really bad nerve damage. I'm talking about like tingling, burning, stinging, all this, uh-huh. but really it came on mostly at, at nighttime. And what I would notice is during the daytime, if I was moving it or something, I really didn't feel anything at that point. And between my, my ankle to my leg, I told you, I don't have much feeling to this day down there just because mm-hmm. the nerves were are so shot and right. just non-existent even. They had to take nerves out. Uh, so when I'd be on that treadmill, I didn't really have any sort of pain at that time besides like the tingling and stuff like that. And so that really allowed me to kind of just really kind of just do a little bit more and more on that treadmill. And then I would also get on the stair stepper. And I just knew if I took it nice and slow, 
nice and slow and just go for like two minutes, then hop up, then get off of there. That was it. So I really didn't have no ultimate goal this time to like Mm -hmm. do anything crazy. It was literally just, as they say, get stronger each day, get stronger each day. So that was like in the back of my mind, like, and that's all we're going to do. And you know, baby steps, baby steps before anything. Mm -hmm. And so I literally would take that. I'd get on the tread. I'd do my entire upper body workout stuff. This was like a daily routine. And then I'd get on the treadmill at the end and and the stair stepper. But every day I just, I just did a little bit more on that treadmill, do a little bit more. And I've, I got to like a mile and I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. I can walk a mile. You know, Mm -hmm. this is awesome. So then I was like, Hey, let's, I maybe around that time I was like, Hey, let's see if I can walk a mile and maybe jog like, like a 0.1 mile or something like that. And so then I started in doing like a nice walk jog routine again. And at this point I still really wasn't into running. So I didn't even realize there was a walk jog routine. So I kind of like I came up on, I thought I came up with all this on my own. You know, I was like, okay, (laughs) let's walk jog. You did it. You're the one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're the one. You're a genius. (laughs) I want to ask, I'm going to ask the tough question here that I've been thinking of for a little while. I know everyone's been thinking about it. What was it like taking a shower? Taking a shower (laughs) was tough, right? So I would have to sit down. And, uh, at first, you know, well, first when I was like in the hospital and in the nursing, nursing home, it, it was all, uh, bats in a bag, they call. So rags, so rags, that's oh. how they would, they would clean me. Right. And so luckily my dad was there like every day, like, you know, oh my God, yeah, dude's my rock. He was there every day. So I was blessed enough. I really didn't have to ask nurses. So I didn't really have to go through that embarrassment of like having somebody wash me in and all the, you know, private areas and stuff. Yeah. I would have, if that's what, what I needed to do. Like, yeah, exactly. Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, an electron in so, a nurse's so, outfit is fine with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. So I have go on. <laughs> yeah. It's so just so a the funny story thing. for after at, remind yeah. me about the hot nurse story. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so like the shower thing really didn't become an issue, man, until I, uh, I even got to like my friend's house. And then it was like, I had would have to sit down in the shower and this like that. But by that time I could kind of do everything. Mm-hmm. I just, I was, I was told I just couldn't really like wipe down my leg be- that much. So I kind of would just let the water trickle down or whatever, but I had to stay sitting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but to go back with that, Eric, it's even funnier is something you don't think about is someone that's active and drinking a lot of water every day and eating every day. A lot. Let's just say I went about, I went about four or five days and there was something I realized I had it done for four or five days. Oh no. Because I had it. Cause I had a, I had a bladder thing where I was going pee. I, I didn't go poop for four or five days. So my mind is, this is going to be rough. Oh, this is going to no. be rough because like right. four or five days oh. without going and like everything that they tell you to do to help you, I couldn't do. I couldn't. I couldn't exercise. I couldn't even get oh. out of bed. I was laying down, and then these pain meds. They. I don't know if you know, but pain meds like dry you out. Dry you out. So, so even with like, the amount of water heavy. you were drinking, it was still not helping. Yeah, enough. the pain meds okay. were drying me out. Right. So that okay. that first time, man. I mean, once I realized that, I was like, oh, why didn't the nurses start 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 me on like Xlax and all this stuff? So I was like, yo, you guys got to start giving me fluids. You got to <laughs> yes. start giving me all these things. I was like, because I'm going to have to go and it's going to be bad. And I'll I tell you like what, that, man. That happened to Tara. 
She had a hard yeah, time after her back surgery. Yeah, she's bloated for a while, well, right? Like no, just yeah. I feel I feel yeah. for you guys. I really do. So laying so tr- so try laying down and trying this, right? Bedpan. So th- my dad had to put this bedpan under like force it under me. So I'm laying on this rock of a bedpan. And of course, like when I'm sitting, yeah, I rock back and forth sometimes if it's yeah, tough. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I had to lay down. And so that was you know a really bad experience that like that that a lot of people don't get this story because you don't you don't think about the little things. No. But it's but that became a really big thing. But then after that first time, I was like, yo, we're keeping this regimen of giving me all this X lax and stuff every day. And then I was fine moving forward. But that, yeah, that first, that was way worse than worrying about a shower. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, I feel yeah. for it's you, like man. Pushing, it's like pushing a brick out. Your dad's a great guy. <laughs> I know you said how yeah. you didn't want to bother the nurses, but I don't think I could have my dad help me take a shit. Yeah, well, I would just—I don't know. He's a great guy. <laughs> I feel like at yeah. that point, I would get anybody to help me. That's take my a guy shit. at this point. So just I really, I really, me. so really, I owe him. Unfortunately, I, I kind of owe him now. So <laughs> here in these these future years, I can't complain. Yeah, I can't complain, man. Uh, so yeah, so so we'll go back. We're going back to the. Uh, I'm on the treadmill, right? So yeah. I was just doing this, this just trying to do a little bit more on the treadmill each day, uh, to be honest. And I started a walk jog routine. And then eventually I got up to like three miles and I was like, yo, I could do like a 5k technically, you know? So I was like, this is cool. So then I knew I was kind of cooking with some oil here. Yeah. By no means did I think I could do anything like crazy. But again, I was like, well, I know I can at least do three miles. And so once I got up to like a three mile mark, then it had been like April. So it had been like four months. Okay. And then the doctor, the doctor was finally like, Hey, you can go back to work in Columbus finally. So I got out of my buddy's house. Got down there. And so I was still in my active duty guard job. And so they were pretty cool about it. They were like, hey, um, just go to the gym or do your physical therapy four hours in the morning. Then just come and work half a day. Mm-hmm. And so that really allowed me to really get in better shape too because I went to uh, Ohio State's recreational facility. I got a pass there. And I would go there every morning for like three hours. And I would do my full routine. I would take my time. I would get on the treadmill, the stair stepper, get on the bike. And I would just do that. And again, I just, every day I'd get farther and farther on that treadmill up. I could get up to like six miles. Again, it was still a walk jog routine. Mm -hmm. And so by this time, I think it was like Memorial Day came around and I was like, Hey, I'm going to go do this five, this 5k. It was like, uh, I forget what kind of 5k it was. Like just six months later. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they had, they had, they, and they had told me, at one point that like I wasn't going to even walk until like February and I wasn't even going to be able to walk or jog for like six months or something like that. So I was like really like just beating everything fairly quick, but that's all because I wasn't doing the minimum. I was doing a little bit more. Above and beyond. That's what you have to do if you really want, want to to heal faster or -hmm. come back faster, you know, know your body. But also, you got to do more than the minimum. They give you a minimum for a reason because the majority of people, that's all they're going to do. But yeah. if you do more, you're going to come back faster. And I've always known that. I've always wanted to come back faster so I could do my job, so I could get back to my life as fast as possible. Yeah, you have that motivation behind you. So that's going to yeah. spur you forward. So I uh, I was able to do that that 5K, and I was actually able to jog the entire thing. It okay. took me an awful long time, but I was jogging it because at that point I could walk jog the six miles. So I was able to run the whole uh, uh, 5K, and so I was pretty proud of myself. And so at this point, 
uh, if we got to like June, I still had the same routine. So in the middle of July is finally when work was like, Hey, like we'll clear you to do the full-time job again or whatever. So I had a buddy that wanted to do the air force marathon. He didn't want to do the marathon though. He wanted to do the 10 K this was like in September. Mm-hmm. So nine months, nine months after my accident, I, I did this 10 K with him at the air force marathon and it went good. He was like, he's like, Hey, he's like, we'll just do whatever you want to do. I was like, all right, we're going to do this walk jog routine. Yeah. Uh, so I would walk, I'd walk a quarter mile. I would jog the rest of the mile. I'd walk a quarter mile, jog the rest of the mile. And I did that for the 6.2 miles, completed it. And again, I was pretty proud of myself. And then that's when I knew I really like, I could do something with this. I was like, yeah. if I just keep this walk jog routine going and just go a little bit farther each day, I was like, who knows? Like what's, what's my real limit? You yeah. Know? So, so coming up in October was going to be the the Columbus Marathon, which I had did twice already. It was like a favorite of mine. Is this yeah. the nationwide so one? That was the one for like the nationwide yes. hospital. Yeah. Yeah, we know it. Didn't yeah, Patrick just did my- the half, right? Yeah. I think he just did the half. And With they have all the, all the kids, kids yeah, out there. You can high five and everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah, an awesome that, marathon. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favorites, especially you go through Ohio State's campus, and so it brings back a lot of nostalgia for me. So mm. it's one of my favorites. But, awesome. Uh, so, yeah, so I signed up for – I was like, I'm going to sign up for the half marathon because I know I can at least do a 10K. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right. So the plan was to do you know three or four miles like maybe once or twice a week on the treadmill, and then every Saturday I was going to go out and do my long run. And yeah. so I just went and was like, hey – this week I'm going to do eight miles. The next, the next week I'll do nine miles. And I worked it out to where the week before the marathon, I was going to get up to 13 miles. Cause I didn't want to show up to the, to the marathon and not be able to do the half marathon. I signed up for a half marathon and I was like, I got to see if I can even do it. I want to make sure. So I don't go out there like a fool or something. And so, uh, uh, I got up to the week before and I did my own half marathon on my own. Mm-hmm. So walk jog routine out uh, nice. in one of these parks, Look super proud go. of myself. Mm-hmm. And what was awesome at this point too, was every new distance was a new PR. Cause I called it my post accident PR. Yep. So it was like, every time I went out there, if I could go a little bit farther, it's a new PR. So I was like, Absolutely. let's see. And again, I, I had no idea how far I could go. So, so once I did that, I was like, okay, I was like, I'm gonna be okay to do this half marathon. But then this crazy idea came and it was like, dude, well, you did 13. No, maybe you can do 14. <laughs> maybe you can yep. do 15. Right. So I was like, I was like, okay. So then I, I changed my, my bibs over to the, to the full marathon. And so I was like, I was like, I'm just going to see what I can do. And so the morning showed up, I had two buddies that were going to do the half marathon with me. Mm-hmm. And I told them the same thing. I was like, I was like, we're going to see how this goes. I was like, if I'm feeling like if I, I can't do no farther, we'll we'll do the half marathon and I'll just just get off. Don't really care about the medal or anything like that. I was like, but if I feel good, I'm just gonna keep going and see how far I can go. You know, we'll see how where this limit is. And so that's what I did. So I, we did a nice walk, jog that same routine. Walk a walk a quarter mile, jog the rest of the mile. And so I did that. And so we get up to mile twelve, and I was feeling good. And uh, my buddies looked at me. And they were like, hey, how are you feeling? And I was like, I was like, I'm feeling good. I was like, I think I can go a little bit farther. Mm-hmm. And they looked at me like I was crazy. So we get to the point where we get to the point where like it splits off like a yeah. fork, you know, one way, one way. And I just gave them both a big hug. And they were like, 
you know, we're not going with you. <laughs> like, we're not going. To okay. Yeah. You. You're we, on your own. We did, we did our, yeah. Yeah. We did our half marathon. <laughs> you're crazy. You, you know, you go do your good luck and we'll, we'll, we'll see you afterwards. So yeah. I was like, okay, cool. So then I had my phone. I texted my parents and I was like, cause they was, they was there. So I was like, Hey, letting them know, like, Hey, uh, th- I'm in it for the yeah, long haul. Was, Here we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to try to go a little bit farther. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I may need you to pick me up at mile 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was like, but I'll just keep your phone handy and we'll see where I go. And so literally at that point, it was the same thing. I kept that routine going. But then as the miles would come on around like mile 14 or 15, really down and down in that bad leg in that ankle area, all my tendons were were pretty inflamed. I could tell it it was almost like being on on glass in a a way. You said those were damaged to begin with, like during your accident. So, okay. Yeah. And so really at this point, and yeah. Fixed it or? Well, at this point, no, in that ankle, I was still just as good as it was going to get. So like I'm missing some of those tendons and stuff. And uh, so there's, there's not really good stability in that. And so, I mean, yeah, of course I wear my compression sock and my uh, Achilles tendon brace or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I would do that. And, but yeah, so I still, I started getting a really sharp pain down in there and I was uh, like, well, I was like, I don't want to quit. I was like, I know I can go just a little bit farther. And yeah. so I got into this, I got into this mindset was, could I do one more mile? I'd get to one more mile. I was like, can I do one more mile? And so I was just like, taking I it the I, baby steps yeah, at a time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I think I can. So I was like, all right. So then I would do, but then I started changing the routine up. I was like, I can't jog for three quarters of a mile no more. I was like, so then oh. I would walk, I'd walk a half mile, jog a half mile. And so I did that up to about, you know, one mile at a time. I got mm-hmm. to mile like 20 and I was still you know, Jones in and feeling the endorphins, but I still, my leg was, I mean, my ankle was pretty, you know, pretty bad at this point, even yeah. worse, but I was like, can I go one more mile? Yeah, I think I can. <laughs> and so then, so then at this point it became more walking and less jogging. So probably like walking like three quarters and yeah. jogging a quarter mile. But I just knew like, Hey, if I could just go one more mile, I could probably do this routine, even though I'm in this pain. I was like, I think I can just go one more mile. And by the time I got up to mile 22, you knew I, you knew I, I wasn't stopping. No, I was, yeah. was going to finish the thing You off, made it right? that by far. Means, oh, no by way all means quit. necessary, right? Yeah. So what, the best part of all this was too was uh, my buddy who was uh, a doctor down in Columbus, and he's Quitsdaling orthopedic surgeon. He had a, a nice house right along the route near like mm-hmm. mile 24, and he's a big bourbon guy. Same with me. And so I told him like, hey – like I, I'm doing this like whole marathon and he's like, can't believe it because he knows what it is. Like he knows he was there in the hospital room with me. Yeah. So he's like just blown. He's, I was like, but he's like, yeah, he's like, you name the bourbon you want. I'll be outside with it. So he, so I told him Blanton, yeah. which, Blanton's, which is like a really good bourbon. So he comes outside. I meet him around the mile 24 marker. He toasts, he toasts me. I do like a, you know, a shot of it. I drink it or whatever. We toast, he hugs me and tells me good luck that I'm crazy and I was yep. like, yeah, I get it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and so literally I just kept doing it. And and before you knew it, I, I was, I made it to mile 26 and I saw my parents and everybody that those two guys that was with me all on the side and just, you know, I just couldn't believe it. You know, I had yeah. some the two guys who your leg like, you know, when the accident happened, those two guys. No, no, oh. no. These are, these are the two guys that ran the half marathon that oh, went the half marathon right. with me and they weren't crazy enough to run the full marathon with me. Uh, so they were with my parents. Well, they had two good and legs. It was so. just, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, who needs who needs those <laughs> two good legs anyway, right? Uh, so, yeah. So that was like a pretty proud moment. And then I, I finished. I completed the marathon, and that was as nothing. I like. I can't. I can't even explain it. You know, it was just pro- by far one of my proudest moments in my entire life. It's given um, me goosebumps. Just, I was, I'm telling I was you. Just elated. Um, it took me five hours and fifty five minutes, and so that is great. Dude. So still not terrible, you know, but <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And so I, I, I completed it. And, and so what's crazy is 10 months after they told me I was never going to run marathons again, I ran a marathon 10 months later. Well, I so, don't know what I, says, like, I'll show you other than running a marathon 10 months after that diagnosis. Like yes. that is incredible to me. I, I am so proud of you. That is just something so huge to get over. And you did it. You did it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the questions I wrote down during the story was, do you stay in touch with your doctors? And like 10 months later, did they know you were doing this? I know the, the one guy at mile 24 did, but did they know at the time? And do you still stay in touch with them? Like when you go for checkups or stuff, is it these same guys who like the guy who was so bummed out about how it didn't go as planned that on that third surgery? Yeah, so so that guy I actually stay in touch with the most because he was the one I actually would see for regular checkups afterward. He be, he became my main doctor, uh-huh. um, the trauma surgeon and stuff like that. I didn't see as much, and uh, yeah, I would stay in touch with them and I'd let them know like, hey, I just finished a five k. Hey, I just finished a ten k. You know, and because <laughs> yep. you know, and really, again, it wasn't in spite or anything like that. I just know like doctors go like work with a lot of patients, and I know that they, a lot of it's tough, right? Like they're working with people, some people that like can't do stuff like that or like will never. And so I'm not saying like, it's like, it's all like dark and gloomy, but at the same time, I know it's always good to hear a positive story, a good thing, especially from someone that you worked on. And Mm -hmm. so I took it as like a, Hey, like, look what you were able to help me do, you know, in spite of maybe whatever your innocent thoughts were on like, you know, never run a marathon, this or that. But just like, I'm like, hey, like, this is a group effort. All you guys should be very proud that, like, you helped get me to this point. And so at all points, like, I would even text, like, there was one of the uh, the floor nurses that, like, wanted to get a hold of me this one day for, like, so I could write up something to the nurses thanking them or whatever. Yeah. So I'd stay in touch with all of them. And I was letting them know each and every bit, like, hey, I'm doing this 10K. Hey, I'm doing this half marathon and that full marathon. But really – the one doctor I stayed made in touch with was the one that I had that long surgery with, but he's, mm-hmm. he's to this day is the guy I go to if I have like something like an issue or something and need to get like a script wrote up or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's extremely proud. He's to this day, I, I'm holding him to it. He's supposed to run a half marathon with me one day. I can't, I'm trying to get him to do a full marathon. <laughs> uh, but I told him the funny thing is when he was like, yeah, we'll do a half marathon. Winner's got to, Winners got to get the other per- uh, losers got to get the other person beers, and I was like, "How about you owe me a lay like you owe me, like, you owe me a, a lap muscle? <laughs> there you, <laughs> I was like, you owe me a lap muscle, whatever." That's a good and he one. Was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's really good that you were still in touch with your doctors because they're just following the science, and a lot of like you defied the science. You went above and beyond, exceeded expectations. According to the science, like you shouldn't have done that well, but you just kind of gave them the finger and said. 
no, this is <laughs> yeah. what's going to happen. So just for them to see yeah. that it could happen and that now there's scientific evidence for that, like that's huge. Yeah. That's, that's, just, yeah. I'm still like, my mind is blown. Uh, then moving forward after that, you know, the story continues. Mm-hmm. I moved. So at that point I was getting discharged out the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, point, it was like a 50, 50 shot. It was kind of up to me. They said, if I wanted to try, I could. But at this point, I knew a lot of stuff that I wanted to do in, in the military, that there was going to be a lot of hoops and stuff I was going to have to really go through. You know, I'd have oh. to go through waivers, a lot of stuff. And I'd be, even though, even if I'm in shape and running marathons, that I was going to go to the end of the line to get into these schools because of the surgeries that I had. And so I really yeah. wasn't trying to play that game. And it kind of took the fun out of uh, or the enjoyment of being in like in that aspect, and I just didn't want to do the minimal in there for like another you know tw- you know ten years or whatever. That's so, understandable, yeah. Uh, yeah. So when I, I knew I was getting out, I started looking for other jobs, and that's when I made the move out to New Hampshire. Mind you, this is still like the middle of COVID, right? It it was right. like it was June of 2020 when I moved out to New Hampshire. So it's the middle of COVID. Um, there was really no gyms or anything like that at this point. I really had really no like aspirations to really run no more marathons. I kind of like, I proved to myself more than anything that like anything's possible. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm just, I'm just gonna, you know, kind of do my thing. The gyms are shut down. And so I was like, Hey, I guess I'll go jog outside. And so, you know, the teeny tiny blessing of the entire, you know, of, you know, the gray linings of the silver linings of COVID was, you know, people had to get outside to work out. So I've met a lot of runners that got started during the COVID years or triathletes. Um, But really, so I got outside and I went, I went to the trail every day. So then I was, I just, I was running every day at the trail and just shorter distances. Um, it will. Uh, is that Mines Falls Park? Yeah, it's okay. Oh, cool, beautiful. You were so spot. close. I wish I would have known. I I live in Nashua, so I wish I wish and I so, would have known. I would have come yeah. run with you. And so, because of my outside the box thinking, I was like, "Well, hey, I need to do like push ups or something. I got to get my upper body workout." <laughs> so then, yep. every every half mile, every half mile, I dropped and did push ups. And I would also <laughs> then after a while, I was like. My legs, I was kind of getting those chicken legs again. I'm already missing muscles. Uh-huh. I got to keep Actually, these legs good, right? So I was like- If I saw you <laughs> so doing I like, that, I would have been yeah. like running by with my hand. Like, oh, who's this <laughs> yeah. guy doing? You won't so, see me doing push-ups. So then I started doing air squats. So I was like, every half mile, I'd, I'd do air squats and push-ups. Then I'd run another half mile. It's actually great cross-training. <laughs> Right. And so that became my everyday, I call that my quote unquote COVID workout. And I think doing that over, over the years, it just really built my legs up tough. Mm -hmm. Right. So then I think, what was it? Uh, October. That muscle's still gone. Like that muscle's gone. Correct. Yeah. So then your question's like, how do I run? Right. A lot of people have that question. I'm just wondering how it builds up. Like how, how I know it's getting stronger, but how's it? I'm wondering what so, it looks yeah, like so, now. I'll have to see a picture. So, so the way I, I mean, your, I think your quads and your hamstrings do a lot of the running for you anyway. Yeah. So I think because those were all built up, I can, I can pick it up, put it down. But like, I still, I can't move. I can't push off with that, with that leg, right? I can't jump with that leg. I can't push off. Mm-hmm. But luckily, I have feeling all on the bottom of my foot, so I can still feel the ground. Oh, so yeah. that's like a blessing out of all this too. Yeah. So at least I can feel the ground where I'm stepping. But with my good leg too, my good leg's just been beat all the hell because of this because I rely on it. And it's yeah. probably all super, it's much stronger too, right? But I think just from the everyday uses and stuff like that, it just it just toughened that leg up. And again, I don't have those calf muscles, but I still have the muscles in front of my leg and the mm-hmm. front, like 
by my shin. Oh, so I yeah. think those are the ones that really hypertrophied, and I think they've adapted to to help to help me with my runs and stuff. So I I bet those muscles in the front of my leg are a lot bigger than like the ones in my good leg just from that. So I still have those muscles where I could kind of move my foot up. It's just like, you don't have no push off with it. So to me, I can always joke and say my bad legs, like my human prosthetic, because it's, it might as well be a wooden peg. I mean, I, I'm picking up when I run, I pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. But it's like, you're making do though. All. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the quads and the hamstrings are doing the, the, the work too. Right. So I'm sure like to this day, I'm like, man, I, I, what if, what if I had that good leg as well? I wonder how fast, but then I think about it and I don't think I'd be the man I am today. I don't even think I'd be on this marathon journey. I probably don't, I wouldn't be if I wouldn't have had my leg mm-hmm. that accident happened, which is weird. It's like, it's such a mind blow to me that like, so to this day, it's like as much as, you know, I would give any amount of money in the world to have my good leg back. But there were so many good experiences that came out of that. Like, look, I met you guys, you know, for one thing. And just the tree of things that, like, happened based right. off that accident. It's getting more. So there's nothing that I'd ever, you know, take back from that, you know. But I've I've like, pushed myself to the limits, and I've learned so many lessons about myself out of this experience. Oh, yeah. That, you know, I'm so glad. that It's uh, just another you part know. of your story, and you couldn't imagine your life without it. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly. It just, it just makes you a little extra extraordinary, extra extraordinary. <laughs> right. does, that make, does that make sense? But <laughs> yeah. So two, two Octobers ago, I was like, Hey, it's been about three and a half years since I ran that last marathon. I'm getting the itch and I want to <laughs> see, you know, I built my leg, I built myself up, my leg up. I was like, I want to see really how fast I can run a marathon now. Mm-hmm. I was like, cause that 555 is in my head and that's, I mean, that's cool, but I, I got to beat that. Right. So I had a buddy from Louisville that uh, is a triathlete, a marath- uh, Ironman, and he was like, yo, he's like, if you do one, he's like, I'll come with you. He's like, keep you company. And I was like, sweet. So Do a marathon or three an months, Ironman? Um, uh, a marathon. Okay. He, he's done an Ironman, but I was just doing a marathon. It was I picked the Columbus one again because it's my favorite. Yeah. And at that time, I, I ran a 440. So I was, again, I was like super ecstatic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was super ecstatic because I was like, I was like, I just wanted to run faster than five hours because I knew Mm -hmm. I could run faster than that at this point. And so I finished that. And then I was really kind of just like keeping my running up going, running, going. And then the world majors kind of popped into my head again. Again, good. I I was like, I want to see if I want to like, let's go exploring, try to get into these world majors. And so then I found out, you know, I was going to be running Boston through a charity back in like January, mm-hmm. right? And so this is all this year now. Now we're fast forward to this year. So January, I found out I was running that. January 2023. And then I was like, you know. Yes. Yeah. A year, a year so, from right now. Yep. Yeah. So then I started thinking, I was like, it'd be kind of cool. I was like, to like run the 50 states or something. Again, I was like, surely no one's ever thought about this. Like, this is my idea, right? <laughs> So I, I googled genius, it and I was genius, like, "Genius, genius, genius!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that movie, Mister Deeds? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I googled it, found out there's this huge group of you know tons of people that have done it or are trying to do it, and I was like, "Why not, man? Like, why not? Like, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed." I was like, "All right." So I looked up. I knew they were having reunions, and I was like, "I want to meet these people." So and uh, in oct not October uh, in March 
I found the Little Rock, Arkansas uh, marathon. Ooh, and so, those are the ones with the giant medals, huge, right? Yes, Dinner plate. Yes, yeah, I had that one's yes, on my you, list. <laughs> you can't even really hang it on like your metal rack, really. It is ridiculous. It's extremely, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Rachel worth it, though, and I, sure. we we have uh, some goals to hit that one up eventually, but <laughs> yeah, I'd say for sure do it. Yeah, it's it's worth it. I'll probably end up going back there. Uh, well, let so me know. I, I'll go I, too. I, yeah, I signed up for that one, and it was. Also, it was going to be my training run for Boston because I wanted yeah. to see what my realistic kind of what I should look forward to at Boston. How fast can I run at Boston? Mm-hmm. And I knew I had run a 440 back in October. So really, there was no like real goal other than maybe beat 440 when mm-hmm. I went to Little Rock. And I ended up running a 415 when I was there. And so I was like, wow. Yeah. So, so this I was is like, from, okay. you did one the October before. So this was what, five yeah. months later and you already cut that much time off again. Okay. So you yeah. are whew, flying down that hill. Yeah. I, I went I, after that, that Columbus one in October, I kind of was like, all right, let's, you know, let's lose a little bit more weight. Let's really build up the legs, get my speed going and see how fast. Yeah. And again, I really didn't just want to see, go out there and have fun and kind of push it a little bit. And I ran that 415 in Little Rock. And then I was like, all right. I was like, I think I'm ready. I think I think I'm ready for Boston. Like, you know, you know, I'm like all excited. So then I was getting all all the charity money raised and stuff like mm-hmm. that for uh, for then. But which charity was it? Um, it was for the uh, friends, uh, military friends. Oh, excellent. So it was basically going to a family's military members and their families, people who were deployed, or maybe a family that's lost someone. Ah. Uh, so like it, it was like a good one for me, you know. Absolutely. So being, uh, yep. A vet, and a vet and everything. So, what were some of the things you did so, yeah. to uh, fundraise to um, to hit your goals? Um, I really didn't do too much. I, I was just asking a lot of friends. Yeah. I'll ask a lot of friends to ask a lot of people <laughs> yeah, and reach out. And so, you know, being in the military was an awesome way to network back in the day. So I like have yeah. a lot of friends all across the States and stuff. And, and then, uh, so I just I started asking them and everybody I met out there, like, Hey, like pass this on, like I'm doing mm-hmm. this and, uh, you know, see how it, but cause yeah, cause Boston is quite a bit to raise. Yeah. Not going to lie. Came out of pocket a decent amount. But the way I say it again is again, hey, like I, I've always been a person that pays for experience and experience, like for sure. I don't think there's things like that you can really take back. I heard somebody say something about when you have an experience, you can always have a memory. It's called like a memory dividend because you can always oh, think back on that memory. You I know? love that. And so I'm like, yeah, like it's, it was pricey, but this is once in a lifetime experience. Boston is Boston. Like that's, yeah. this is like the yeah. mecca of running a marathon, like marathons or whatever. Yeah. And so- <laughs> I got into it, but then I, I won't lie. I was like, did it. I was like, I'm going to try to run it. But again, but let's try to get in through the para athlete programs and stuff. So originally I was just, I was kind of super, being super lazy about going to get all my paperwork, turning it, filling it out, turning it into the right people. So I could do this, but it was something I was like wanting to do because I was wanting to run these marathons in the future as well, mm-hmm. like Chicago and all of those. I knew I was going to have to do it again. So I finally got all the paperwork turned in. So this year I got in, but I got in based on qualifying time. Oh, wow. So as, as a para athlete, the para division, you have to have like a six hour marathon within that given year or whatever. And so I've, you know, I've been running, been running. You are like, well within the means. Yep. Yeah. There so you go. I signed up and so I got in, so I'll be running that again next year. 
And so well, now that we know fun. you'll yes. be there, we're going to go cheer again because yes. we, we were there last year, but we that. didn't know you yeah. at that point. So we will certainly be <laughs> bringing out the there bullhorn for you. And You're going to be stuff. there. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Mm, yes. Um, We might even have a microphone there, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> we can't derail him during Boston. We'll derail him later. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get some good yeah. content. Yeah. So is Boston's the only major you have right now? No, I have. No, you've I have done. Four, I, have four, I, have, I have four majors because so, wait, he's you done did, so many marathons this year. This Let's year, you've done fourteen that. marathons. Yes. Yeah. So, so like when I when I started, like, hey, we're gonna start this fifty marathon club, right? So I ran oh, the you little jumped rock, right in, and I was like, I got two, and I was like, well, Boston's gonna be three, and so then, so it was your first I, uh, world major, though. Yeah. Yes. And then once I got into Boston, though, they, they say once you get into one of the majors, it makes it a little bit easier to kind of get into others. Well, I was like, hey, London is like a, six days after. And I was like, you only live YOLO. You only live once, right? So <laughs> yeah. I was like, let's see if I can get into it. So then I got onto the world majors uh, group where it's mm-hmm. like you know thousands of people. The, the, the guy uh, on there runs a, a great web page or whatever. So then I was like, hey – Anybody have bibs, bibs for, uh, you know, London and yep. by, by luck I found one and I was like, all right, looks like we're going out to London. <laughs> and so then Check I thought it about out. it and I was like, I was like, how cool would this be? I got two. Let's see how many more of these majors I can get in within like a, like a get in within like a year or whatever. Wow. So at this point I knew I wasn't, you know, Tokyo was already passed, but then at the same time, I'm like, let's run these 50 States. And I was like, well, I have all these future marathons. Let's just try to keep it to like one month, like one a month. I think one a month's good, right? So I was like, <laughs> not a big deal. Try to, because yeah, I'm like nah. fifty these fifty states. I was like, I don't want to take forever to do this. I want to move on to the next goal. So I want to get these done as soon <laughs> as soon as possible. I love it. Right? I'm a type. I'm a type person. I needed a goal. I got to get over it, and then I move on to the next goal. So I was like, let's do one a month. Let's keep it at that. And then yeah, I just kept on adding them. I look forward, and the more that I'd go to, I'd make friends with more people. Mm-hmm. And they would tell me which ones to go to. And now I look forward to going to certain ones because I get to meet up with some friends from these clubs, like the 50 States Club. And so I just kept on racking them up. And I knew the autumn, the fall time, there's like marathons every month. And I was yep. like, well, we're just going to do I was going to say, the gonna math do like doesn't two, add up. You're going to do one a month, but yeah. this year you've done 14 since March. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's crazy. So, uh, so, so I, I ran – so once I ran Boston, I ran London uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then I came back and then my buddy that's from New Hampshire, that's in the guard was like, Hey, I'm going to be in Louisville for the Kentucky Derby weekend working it. And he, yep. I was, he's like, and I always tell him, I was like, Hey, if you ever get like, get, get a room, get like a, a double bedroom and I'll just come and like, I'll just drive <laughs> and stay in the room with you. Right. Yeah. And so I knew I knew a lot of people from the Kentucky Guard as well. My buddy that was in Louisville stayed down there, and I was like, "Oh, perfect opportunity to go see a lot of those guys too." So I really have, I really love a lot of those guys in the Kentucky Guard. They're really good people down there. Um, beautiful state, um, but anyhow. So I got down there, and by my surprise, there was a marathon. It was the Kentucky Derby <laughs> Festival marathon, and so that was literally a week after London. Did you sign so up? So like, ran- at the gate. Wow. It's like like a day before okay, or something. Yes. I made sure I was going there. I drove there and I was like, 
I might as well do this. My legs feel okay. So it was, it was I ran Boston. Six days later, I, I ran London. And seven days later, I ran that Kentucky Derby Festival. So I had like You are my people, and, Jared. You are my people. Because I've done something similar to this. And people just look at you like, why? What are you doing it for? <laughs> yeah, I have yeah, the same yeah. goals as you. And <laughs> I mean, yeah. I haven't driven that far for a race. But keep going. Yeah. I want to keep hearing about them. <laughs> yeah. So then... What was crazy enough was in June I knew uh, there was the Missoula Marathon, which is a which is a Montana? pretty popular. One. Is it Montana? Yeah, Montana, mm. Montana. And so I was like, let's sign up for this. I know a couple people going to it. That's from the Fifty States Club, and they swear by it. Say it's a good one. I'm right. Re- all like, right, you not? know what? I'm taking notes. Okay, I actually <laughs> think that's on my list. Yeah, that's a really good. I highly recommend that one. It is beautiful. So I went out to Missoula in June and ran that, and I ran a 3:41. I PR'd oh, there. Oh my god! So, so I was—that's wow. still to this day. Your I don't know. I don't know how. 3:41. Astounding. That's yeah, absolutely so, incredible. And so the Kentucky Derby one, I ended up running like a, a 3:48, which is crazy because Boston was a 4:07. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 4:07. London was 4:15. And then the Kentucky Derby was 358. And so when I broke four, I was, again, I felt like, you know, I wanted to cry because yeah. I had people telling me not only would I never run a marathon, then I had some people say I'd be lucky to run like a 10 minute pace, you know, and it, these are all innocent comments, but these are all things I'm like, you really, you don't know me, but yeah. you just did something to me. Like you're, you're showing them. But anyhow, mm-hmm. so anyhow, I ran that 341 in Missoula and that was just, it was just, I don't know. It was just a perfect day. It was the right temperature. Uh, the air was a little thinner because a little bit, a little bit higher elevation. Right, right. And it wasn't, was it too high though? Right. I felt like if like, so Montana was like fifteen hundred feet, which like Colorado oh. mile high is five thousand. Yeah. So you can tell a difference, but I felt like that little bit thinner air kind of made it easier for me to breathe, or maybe maybe more aerodynamic. I don't, sure. I don't know. Whatever, Whatever it was, but, uh, it worked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it worked, and I ran that three forty one, and and you know that's you know that's so I've. My goal every every marathon since then is just be sub four. And so now a a side now a side journey a side quest is is there's a whole another group that's sub four fifty staters. So now <laughs> I'm trying to make sure I can run sub four in all these marathons so I can be in that sub sub group. I am group not trying to get into that group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but good for you. Holy shit! I want to I want to go back to. Not to the day of the accident, but the people, the strangers you just met that day. You only knew them for a few hours. Have these yeah. people followed your story? Are you still in touch with them? And, and to uh, second on that, like, what are their reactions to what you're doing now in your, your journey and running a sub four marathon? And the same goes for your parents and your friends and the doctors. Like, what are their reactions to you doing this? And really for those friends and the people who were there, like they saw you and they saw your leg. And they probably thought yeah. the same, like he'll never do anything again. What what what's their yeah. reaction today? Are they following you? Are they following this journey? Yeah, yeah, they're they they're following me. Um, this you know they're super proud. They they still can't you know just like me at points still kind of just can't believe it. Um, but now it's becoming a such a thing with me. Like I'm going off to run another one or whatever. I think they're just getting so used to it. And I, I hate to say, I hate to say jaded, you know, but I, you know, there's more people I talk to more often, but those two guys that came and put the tourniquet, like the, the belts on me, mm-hmm. I make sure every, every year around December 8th, cause that's the night of the accident. 
um, is December 7th, morning of December 8th. I, I actually text everybody in that group and because it's a very, it's a very spiritual day for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I get, I get a little emotional to this year, every Absolutely. year that day I think about it. I sit down, I reflect about that night. I reflect about everything, how I got to, you know, year one and then where I'm at now and how the journeys went, everybody I've met. So it's just a very spiritual night for me, but I usually text those, all those people and I thank them for being there. But those, those two guys, they have even like a more, like a more of a place just cause they did that. And like I said, they, yeah. they didn't know me. So I, I talked to them like a couple of times, a couple, couple of times a year. And, uh, yeah, I just say, I thank them. And they said, Hey man, I just know if you were in that circumstance, you would have did that for me too. And I'm like, yep. Cause then I would have, you know, so, but everybody, I think is just super proud of me and, and just, you know, I think by now, by now they're not surprised, but still, but in the back of their mind, they still can't believe it because they were there, they seen it, and everybody yeah. that knows my journey has known uh, like everything I've I've put into it or whatever. So again, it's really no surprise, but it is a surprise. It's probably a really weird situation for all of them. My one buddy's like, you know, they I had a I was in a case or whatever. I had like a I went to a, 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 a through a settlement and stuff, and so I had lawyers oh. talking to a lot of these people and. Uh, they talked to my one friend. He's like, he's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know how to explain it. He's like, that's Jared. He's like, that's always been Jared. He's like, he's always been this this guy you see uh, in in these texts and these in these Instagram stories. That's always been him. He's like, so I can't explain it. He's like, and he's like, I've been trying to get him to try to run like a half marathon. Man. Yeah, he's still but- home, but <laughs> I'm still working on that with, with him. But that's pretty much kind of all the reaction, you know, is, is that's you know that's Jared. But um. You know, one of the one of the reasons why I, you know, constantly keep running too is I feel like I had so much people, so many people praying for me, reaching out for me. There are so many people on my side that had support for me all throughout it all. And I feel like I almost have a responsibility to just keep just keep going, to keep you know, pushing myself and to make everybody proud. That's honestly all I've ever tried to do mm-hmm. is and I you know, I know I am, you know, I know I am, but to to me, I still don't I still don't want to let anybody down in a way. And I know that sounds like, like, no, you'll never let anybody down. You've did plenty. I but know to exactly me, how you feel. Yeah, and, yeah. and now it's like the more people I meet, the more people I share my story with, it's like, now I'm really going to have to keep, you know, keep going out there and keep, you know, making these people proud. And well, just make sure honestly, you keep yourself proud. Like you were out there doing yeah. incredible things. So just don't forget that. Like you are, yeah. you defied the odds. You really did. Yeah. And yeah, just another, and another crazy aspect of it too. And I think it's kind of funny. It's like, so like I always said too, like when I was young, I honestly wasn't a believer and I hate to say this. I wasn't a believer. And like, if everybody, if you work your hardest, you could do anything you want. Just growing up where I was and stuff like that. I always felt like, you know, you had to be born with certain gifts or this or that to do, Mm. to really get to these places or do these certain things. And I never truly believed that you could do anything you really wanted until that accident happened, until that marathon happened. And again, I just wanted to and constantly, I'm still trying to like, you know, prove to others that you can do anything, like anything you put your mind to And, and no, it's not going to come easy. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have blood. You're, you're going to have sweat. You're going to have tears. It's going to be extremely hard. But if you do, if you do that, if you work your butt off and you continue grinding, as long as you don't quit, you can do anything that you want to in this world. 
And to this day, with all my nieces and, and my goddaughters and stuff, that's all I've, I ever try to preach to them is that. And so I just don't think they're not like they're 11 and 9 and 7. I think to this mm-hmm. day, you know, I think it's just, hey, crazy Uncle Jared's going to run another marathon. I don't think it's like registered <laughs> in their hands. So I, I can't wait till they're like they're in their 20s and they're like, Uncle Jared really did some stuff back in the day with, with that leg and stuff. So I can't wait until they're actually, actually like grasping. Like, and so like, you know, one day, whenever they're going to be pushed to their limits in their twenties or something, and when yeah. they're having a doubtful day, I want them to be able to look, say, look what uncle Jared did. And he proved that he could, you can do anything. So that's just a whole another reason why I just keep doing it. That is a great message to pass on to them. I mean, if, if you really can just give them one thing, that is a wonderful message. And it applies all the time. Like it's. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Good for you. <laughs> I'm so proud of you too. Oh. Thank you. Tell me about this 50 States Club. Yeah. So there's, so there's an actual webpage. It's 50statesmarathon.com. Um, but I found them on Facebook. There's a Facebook group page. I figured I'd go there first to look. Um, I'm not exactly sure how big it is, but there's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There's got to be like probably thousands or something. But everybody's on different ranges, right? There's people that's. When I when I when I first went there, I had only run like six marathons, but I only had two states. I was like, everybody's like, I have twenty states. There's people there that's ran over like nine hundred marathons. Wow! I mean, it's incredible <laughs> the people that you meet, right? And so, I was like, I love meeting these people because I like hearing people. I like hearing people talk, share their stories and their struggles, and it just gets me pumped up and it inspires me. That's why I like sharing stories because a lot of times when you share a story, someone shares their story Mm -hmm. and then it just inspires me. So there's this one guy, I think he's ran over like a thousand marathons and I was like, and he's, I'm like, I don't like, this is insane. This is insane. (laughs) And so like, and it's also too, it's like, Hey, there's more crazy people like me out in the world. Like I've, I, like I found, like you said, I found my people. You gotta man. These find are my the people. people. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Fifty States Club is yeah. It's it's a website and they're on on the Facebook group. Um. You and so I. Uh, they're all, all all awesome people. Like I said, I couldn't officially join until I had ten states, but they. Oh, you they, got they it. Seen me. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm at eleven now. So there that's what go. they're like. Oh, congrats! You can finally quote unquote you know join us or whatever. But they've all. You know, accepted me for, since the first day I met them or whatever. Oh, that's so cool. And did you officially join the Marathon Maniacs? Because you 100% yeah. have qualified. Okay, good. So yeah, <laughs> just so, wanted to make sure I, I, that so, was in yeah. there. Because when I met them, when I met a lot of 50 staters, a lot of them were Marathon Maniacs or whatever. So exactly. I was like, all right, they go I'm hand like, in I'm hand. That group. And I looked at like what you needed and I was like, hey, I think I qualify. So uh, I yeah, you hit up. that like immediately. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the back to back. Actually, them. like in what twenty was it twenty eighteen that you did the three back to backs? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that uh, that yeah, one did yeah. it. So welcome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not part of that group, not yet. One day, <laughs> one day. Yeah, Holy I still God. need to sign up for the fifty states club, but I will have to repeat Kansas because when I ran it, the course was too short, and um, uh, it didn't officially count for uh, the fifty states club marathon club. I, I will say this too: as long as you've the the, the role is as long as you've used you've done at least twenty six point two. So like even I did on like my watch, but it wasn't yeah, official. So, I, I think so like, they like, like ultras, like 50 Ks. I know you've run like ultras and stuff. So all those will, mm-hmm. all those will count. Um, like Maybe even I'll like, just go do it. Ultra Kansas. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
But we didn't even touch upon some of the other, like, just list them off the other um, marathons you did this year, or I should say 2023, since this is dropping. All right, I'm, 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 I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try my best because Do it. yeah, I don't try have your to best. listen from me. So okay, so <laughs> Low Rock, Arkansas was in March. I ran yeah, Boston. I ran Boston and uh, London. London. That's still and, counts. Uh, Kentucky Derby all in mm-hmm. April, and then in May so I went out to the state of Washington and ran Ooh. Olympia. Ooh. Uh, and then in June I ran Missoula. Um, in July, where did I run in July? Um, I think actually I might. We'll have to come back to July. I might have took sure. that off because I was I was running a fifty k uh, in Alaska in August for my birthday. <laughs> Not a big wow. deal. So, yeah. Well, it was it was well yeah it was it was a forty nine k because it's the forty ninth state. And I was like, hey, I'm turning I'm turning thirty seven. You know, again, YOLO, like for my birthday. So I actually went out there and a day after my birthday, I, I was like, so this is how I treat myself. It was like for for my birthday, I'm going to go run my first ultra. You know, Love why it. not? Love it. Uh, I went out there and I ran that. Um, and then in September, I mean, I started, I, September, I ran the Air Force Marathon again. Yeah. And then I ran Berlin. Ooh, and then I, nice. ran, then I ran Chicago. Yep. So that's 10 and, right and then, there. Yeah. And then after Chicago, I... I, where did I go in October again? Well, November I ran Charlotte and I ran ran uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. So, so yeah, that's you were twel- back in that's town. twelve right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. How was Charlotte? <laughs> got to somewhere in there. Charlotte was Charlotte was 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 good. I'll tell you what, it was hilly. It was very hilly. Oh. I was surprised. Yeah, but I uh, had a good time with that one because my buddy's wife was running her second marathon ever, and she was trying to PR. And, uh, another buddy that I met through my friend that I became friends with, he was, I talked him into running his first ever marathon. Mm -hmm. And so I, he actually ran with me for like 23 miles. So I was super pumped and and so ecstatic for him. Uh, so these days, you know, to be honest, I mean, I'll go run solo, but if I can run with somebody, especially for someone's first, like I get so much enjoyment yeah. out of that. If yeah. someone's going to run a half marathon or or, or or a full marathon for the first time, I'll like just drop everything and I'll go do that. Like I absolutely love doing that. You I know, would love to run people. with you. Erica will just blow me yeah. away. So I'll run with you. No, I won't. If I'm going to run with people, I'm going to run with people. I will never, ever leave you in the dust. Not that I could. Yeah. <laughs> when When you lived in Charlotte, and I relate because we both live there. Just, uh, we just miss each yeah. other. Did you ever go to the, uh, whitewater, the national whitewater center there? Yeah. Isn't that place sick? Yeah. Yeah. That place is pretty cool. Yeah. I went there uh, with my buddy and his, uh, with his wife and we got, we, we did the whitewater rafting. Yeah. That was neat, you know? And then we did all like the, what was it? The, 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 the ropes courses yep. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, when I moved, yeah, I know, New Ham- I know New Hampshire has got a bunch of those, but when I moved to Charlotte, uh, they were just building that place and they had the rivers. The only thing they had were the, uh, two man-made rivers and all the single track trails. And I would go running on those trails. And I was like, I can't wait to see this place get built up. And it's so much cooler now than it was when yeah, I lived I haven't there. Been back there. Yeah, I've seen pictures. Yeah, my buddy's like, yeah, we go, we go there for concerts. Yeah, every Thursday night like, they have oh, like cool. River Jam. Yeah. No yeah. way. They do. That they, awesome. Yeah. They, they they do what Chicago does with the river on St. Patty's Day. They 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 dye oh, they, it like, green. Dye it? They do mm-hmm. the um. They do like the rubber ducky race, and there's like a million rubber ducks. <laughs> 
They have a they have like rock climbing ropes courses, zip lines like twenty five hundred feet long where you go over the rivers and over the people rafting. You can go rodeo rafting where they say you'll swim just as much as you raft. It's just <laughs> this awesome epic outdoor center, and I was lucky of the time I lived there to go experience it a few times. Whenever I go to Charlotte, I'm like, if I have time, I want to go there and just hang out. Grab you can just grab lunch and drink beers and watch everybody. This place is epic. It's epic. I mean, no free ads, yeah, but it go cool there and place. check it out. Um, the other, so when you lived in Charlotte, I'm sure you went out quite a bit in Uptown too. Would you go to like the epicenter and all that area? Mm-hmm. It's a good time. Yeah, really was a good. Yeah, time. what I liked what I liked about down there was there was like three or four different areas you could go out where there was like little bars, little yeah. areas to go drinking and stuff. It's like you so didn't much better like, now than it was when I was there yes. because now you got the baseball Absolutely. stadium. And you have all yeah. those bars around there. You got a bunch of the football stadium, the epicenter, yes. the sweet concert, like little concert. A lot of craft beer, a lot of good craft beers down Ooh. there. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. If, You're a craft beer person. If Erica Charlotte ever is, does a I North like Carolina marathon, I want to. her to do Charlotte because I just want to go and see friends in Charlotte. And then I, I got a game. Yeah. So. So you just did it this. So it's a November race. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, it's on my yeah. list. Sure. It's actually so. It was actually the reason why I didn't didn't do uh, NYC. So I was signed up. I was oh. signed up for the Charlotte one, and uh, I ended up finding people through Berlin and another place that said that they could get me a last minute bib for NYC. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I thought about it, and I was but I was like, at the end of the day, I already signed up for Charlotte, and again, it brings me more joy to run with friends mm-hmm. so with yes, my buddy's wife yes. and my boy has running his first and i was like that's gonna be even a better experience yeah, cool. i'll run nyc oh, yeah. next year yeah. you know and so are you gonna do chicago i was next like year? i can always do that yeah i got actually i got in chicago again so i'm gonna run so chicago. I we're put, hoping to i put my us. name in <laughs> and that would be so cool to do with you so Hey, I can, I can, I can, sh- I can tell you a way to get in, but it's, it's gonna, it's gonna put you through a little bit of pain. Yeah, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> yeah, I saw the pictures. I heard the story. <laughs> it's fresh in my memory right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that other October, I thought about that other October marathon was Grand Rapids up in Michigan. Oh wow, and that was a pretty good one. Yeah, I have a buddy that lives a half hour north of there, so I stayed with him and his family uh, for the week. And but the interesting part about that one was that was the first time I got to try pickle juice along around. Ooh, so I, I love. So I had, heard, I, I had, I had, I had, no, I had heard about it, and I was like, I don't know. I was like, but this is the experience again. You, you only, I'm only going to do this once. It. I'm not. How did so it go? Did you I like it? it? I wasn't a big fan of it. Oh. That's to say, that's to say, when I when I looped back, I I didn't get it again. I didn't get that's it again. Fair. But, that's uh, fair. That's fair. But I did. I, I took taste. it. I took it. I took it in. I know all the benefits, but I'll, I'll choose other ways. <laughs> but again, you know, I don't regret it. But I wasn't going to sign myself up to do it again. <laughs> all right, Jared. I haven't forgotten. You do have a code brown, but let's do a few other things first that we typically end our uh, guest appearances with. And then we can get, then we can keep talking as long as we want. I don't care. This is so much fun and it's not even that late. Uh, The two things we like to do. One is, one is for me. I love to go creeping through Instagram or through anyone's Instagram. Kind of like that TLC song. Cause I creep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He he deep dives too. Yeah. He he like like really gets in there. 
that chicken wings, the hot wings, the hot wings. You ever see that uh, on? Yes, uh, yes, it's a great yes. show. That yes. show, hot ones, hot yeah. ones. Why? I was like, oh, how did you get that? I didn't from? think of that. Oh my god! <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm no, no. To we'll try say that. you did. He got it from you. Yeah. So I heard you talking about the, it. and he has a great head of hair, just like me. Um, Sean <laughs> Evans. I watched. I actually just watched like an episode the other day. <laughs> Which one did I watch? Uh, off topic. Okay. It is addictive to watch those. Yeah. So oh, there's there's like 15 minutes. Easy peasy. Yeah. 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 Oh, I saw one the other day with um, Kevin Hart. One's good. That one's really. That's like one of my favorites. I think the Justin God, Timberlake who was. wasn't Justin Timberlake oh, really good. He was yeah. on it. Yeah. NSYNC was just on Jennifer it. Jennifer Lawrence. I think Jennifer Lawrence was on one. It was, hers yeah. is amazing. Oh, they yeah. make so many good memes that out of hers. That's the one I saw recently. Or what like do you mean? What do you mean? Yes, that's it. I haven't seen that one yet, but I've seen those memes and oh, seen that. Casey that yeah, you got to watch too. hers. Hers is great. Yeah, I think I would Maya say... Rudolph has a really good one too. Any, oh. anywho, it's all we, really we, funny. Yeah. Well... So, all right. So it wasn't that hard to get to the bottom of your Instagram page. You have 166 posts at, at today. And a lot of them are like uh, Facebook messages that your mom sent or, or, you know, status updates and all that. So I I lost it. There it is. Um, I'm going to share my screen again. I picked this one because it's something I've always wanted to do. And you know what, Erica? Let's make a goal in 2024 to do this. But I want to go into a cryo chamber. And here's oh, I've done it before. Oh, yeah. Here's a picture of you so, in a cryo yeah. chamber. Tell me about, tell me what this was like. How was it? Oh man. So when I was living in Columbus, uh, I had, I had found out about cryo chambers, uh, just because I'm a, I'm a big LeBron fan. Cause he's from Akron like me. So I follow him and they, they always rave about how well he takes care of himself. Right. So, well, I guess LeBron has his own cryo chamber at his house. And I was like, okay, well, what is that? So I started Googling it. Seen, like, Don't what tell me you have one at your there. house. I'm going to be so no, upset. No, so no, jealous. No, no, not yet. Not yet. That's a goal. Oh, That's I a like goal. that. But, uh, Need a lot of money um, for that. Yeah. So uh, I found a place in Columbus that did it. And I was like, let's go try this out. Let's see what the big to-do is, right? And so you get in there. Um, they'll let you be in there for like three minutes. And then they drop the temperature. There's different ranges. There's different levels. For, I think level three drops down like negative 220. Um, and I think level one is like negative one sixty or something like that. But I was just like, Hey, if you're going to do it, let's, let's go to the top, you know, <laughs> let's go level three. So I got in there and, uh, yeah, I did the full three minutes and I kind of, yeah, it was like you get, so w- the way it always works for me is when I'm in there. Cause I've did it like multiple times now because I became like a believer in it. Uh, so, but when you get in there, like, yeah, you're pretty cold, but you have like double gloves on double, like uh, socks on and stuff so you're mm-hmm. keeping that and you got your, your trunks on so you're good and so like i'm usually pretty good for like the first minute but then the middle minute is like starts getting when it's like pretty cold but you say kind of just like maybe moving around or if you have someone that's working it, they have make sure they have good conversation with someone that like me at that time wasn't a good conversator yet oh. so i'm just like begging and begging for someone like for, for like, the person like, to have a conversation so yeah <laughs> right. So, but then like in the last minute I get so, you get so cold. It's almost like you get so numb. You can't even feel it. So like, I guess some people don't like that last minute. Cause they, but I, to me, like my body's like, yep, this is about as cold as we're going to get. And then, <laughs> but so when you, when, when I get out, when you get out, you feel super refreshed. And the way I tell people is 
maybe it's placebo, maybe it's not. But when you look it up, it has all these like there's these studies and stuff that says it works. And for me, I say if you're going to go do it one time, I don't think you're going to see the benefits from it. Just like mm-hmm. anything else, you have to be consistent with it. Just like any other recovery tool, you got to be consistent with it to see the benefits. Yeah. And so it did. It did get pricey. But I would buy like a month pass where it'd be unlimited for a certain amount of there you go. certain amount of dollars. And uh, so I would just go in there and I would go in there. I used to just do it day before my marathon, day after my marathon. But then so that's how I originally got signed up for it too. That was it. Was I knew I was doing a marathon and I was like, I want to see how this recovery stuff is. And so that's when I looked it up and all that. But then once I started signing, like once I started paying the monthlies. I would go like three, four days a week. And then that's when I started seeing, I think the benefits, you know, I started shedding a little bit more pounds All my recovery times were getting faster. All the little aches and stuff that I typically get throughout a, a day started to go away. Um, it's by no means like you do it and then you're just like, Oh, I'm, I'm great. There's no <laughs> more pain in the world. No, it's yeah. not like that, you know? So, but you just got to try it for yourself. But I think like anything, you just have to be consistent with it to seek the benefits, yeah. but it can be pricey. I have one a mile down up the road from my house. I got to go. Is it peak? It. Is yes. it peak? Yes. And the they own- used to be in Nashua and that's where I went and well, then they moved. And then I was like, I don't want to go anymore. I went to peak in Nashua <laughs> when they were like a quarter mile from my work and we would do the, the, uh, yeah. the Normatec boots. They had a different, like a knockoff brand, but that's why I bought my Normatec boots because I'm like, if I use these 60 Same. times, I will get my money's worth. And I did. And they're amazing. Mm-hmm. And you can see Norma Tech Boots in the corner of that picture. <laughs> I do want to try it. I also really want to try ice baths. And I feel like yeah, yeah. I feel like the consistency thing, I could do ice baths consist- consistently at my house. Yes. If I just buy a barrel or something and fill it with snow and ice and whatever. I feel like Same I could do that. With that option, too. Yeah. So I do want to try. I feel like it. you got to contact Ashley Paulson. She's got like a discount code on the one that she, she does. Has. But so I also feel like talk I could to Ashley just, Paulson. Yeah, but I feel like I could just buy a trash barrel and dunk myself in it for three minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's that was, totally but fine. if there's a company out there who wants to supply me with an ice bath thing, you are more than welcome to it. I will pump its tires uh, all over the podcast. How many Instagram. bags of ice do you need to fill a trash can like that? Like I, I, I think you just fill it with some uh, a couple bags and yeah. um, make it cold. And yeah, like, cold okay. water. I don't need it to be negative twenty eight or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah. so amazing. When I was living in Nashua, I went quite a bit. There's one in in Northern Mass. I forget the city down there. I'm sure it's not Tingsboro. It's not Lowell, but it was like right in between there. I found mm-hmm. a place and it's a little bit closer of a drive Chelsea. than it was to Man. Yes. Yep. So there was uh, one in Chelmsford where I went, yeah, which I used to call Kelmsford. <laughs> I mispronounce no everything. Just Massachusetts has the worst things to pronounce. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yes. Not holding it against you. Yeah. Complete side note, but about cryotherapy, mm-hmm. the owner of Peak mm-hmm. said he'll come on mm-hmm. the podcast. Cool. His name is Colin Cook. I've talked to him many times before, not in years, but uh, Jay hooked us up. Jay, Jay Game on. We can talk all kinds there of cool go. recovery well, maybe tips. Maybe he'll just say, come and do the, you know what I do want to try is the I salt. want the infrared, infrared saunas yeah. on my list. But I want to try the salt bath one time too. Oh, that'd be, oh, the float. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Try I'm, I'm game yeah, for that. I don't that. know how much I believe in it, but I definitely want to try it I just want to like. That'd be yeah. relaxing, right? That's a, that's a one time thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Isn't it Epsom salt, though? Yeah. So Epsom salt's really good for your muscles. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Throw uh, some extra benefits. But, but, but Jared yeah. doesn't have any muscles in his leg. He doesn't need it. <laughs> he has right. muscles in the other leg. <laughs> he has hamstrings. Like, come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's fine. That's why I, I'm half calf. So the fun, <laughs> so the, 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 the funny thing is, when, when I was at work, right, my buddy was like looking for Keurig cups for the office, mm-hmm. and it was so funny. He was looking at me. He saw one, and one said, one said decaf. And now I was looking, and I was like, oh, that's mine right there. It's decaf. <laughs> and then he just started, and he like, and, you know, of course, he like wasn't sure how to take it. If I was like. Because he was trying to be serious, which laugh. I I make yeah I I laugh about it so much yeah all those things so I'm like yeah. I'm like and then there's half, half I call myself half calf decaf whatever <laughs> I want to make some shirts that say that like Amazing. did anyone say decaf and have like have like a coffee cup and like maybe like a, a coffee cup missing a leg I don't know right that just reminds like, me of the guy who who's on Instagram who does um all those Halloween costumes because he only has one leg so like one year he went as like the leg lamp from a Christmas like. Oh my is gosh. it a Christmas story? Cool. Yeah. yeah, and like yeah. he does all like one year he was Tigger and his leg was the tail. Like <laughs> he was jumping in the air. Like <laughs> he has some really creative stuff. So you got to embrace it. And I think yes. you're you're oh, far absolutely. enough down the line where it's a little yes. easier to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think he prepped you for this question, but we have an awesome Spotify playlist, and this is 2024 that this will drop. So hopefully by this point we'll have revamped it so it's not. 24 hours long we'll have just like the the, um, the guests on Guys, there and if, if you're listening right I now i want to revamp this go this check playlist. it out if it's not revamped she didn't complete her end of year goal <laughs> i'm working on it so we're like eric and i are each gonna only have a couple of songs on there but then all of the guest songs so would you like, like to that. add a song to it you can have anything that pumps you up or just you're feeling at the moment just whatever you <sighs> yeah. like you can add a song you know a song that uh, I've been playing a lot lately, um, and so when I run, I like feel good songs. I call mm-hmm. it feel good, so I have a feel good playlist. Excellent. And I just anything if it's something makes you feel good. And so I forget what movie I was watching, but Dolly Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers Islands in the on the stream. Oh my god, stream. amazing! That one's, that one's just and I've been playing it just left and right lately. Just it stuck with me, so I added that to my feel good playlist. And yeah, because. You know, there's so I have a workout playlist, but if I run, if I try to run to that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just deplete <laughs> myself too fast. So those feel good playlists, you know, those nice, cool, laid back songs, man. That's that's my Definitely. favorite thing to run to. Keeps me I don't think I don't think that one's on there. So that song is all yours, and I'm excited to give right. it a listen because I, I love no, me a good. Feel, I'm telling good you right song. now, there are no Dolly Parton songs on there. Yeah. So that's None. weird. Apparently, I haven't talked to any Yetis because they love Dolly. So this is going to yeah. be the first. <laughs> oh, my God, Jared. This is holy shit. There's still so much we could talk about, too, which is crazy. Yeah. Like, there's, you're a un- never ending source of awesome over there. So yeah, I appreciate oh. that. Yeah. Like I said, I love sharing my story. So, I mean, and there's so much things. Yeah. Well, we just need you to to keep telling me what states you're going to do, and maybe I can hop in here and there and like see if I can join you in some. You don't have to run with me because I'm not as fast as you, but I would love to share some miles at some point. Yeah, so so I mean, going forward, I don't have a December one yet, but I'm going to. I'm thinking here at Dallas, Texas, or uh, Huntsville, Alabama. Mm. Uh, there's a it's called Rocket City down there, and I guess oh, it's a good one. Nice. Um, but in, Jan- in January, yeah, I'm actually expand the list. In, in January, 
I'm trying to get all the New Hampshire people to come to Clearwater because Millennium's putting that on that running festival they down there. Love and the there's Clearwater already what's there's the a date? decent amount of people already coming. That's the last weekend in January, so I think it's like the 28th or That's 29th. Okay. But I'm actually doing the 50k. No, nice. I need to plan oh, out how much vacation time I have. <laughs> that was that's, that's my limiting true, factor yeah. at this point. Is just when can I leave work? <laughs> it's yes. hard to do, but I would love to join you for some stuff. Yeah, Chicago. yeah. I mean, March in March, I'm doing yeah. March, I'm doing Shamrock. It's in Virginia Beach. Oh, oh our friends just did that last that. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait. And before that, I'm doing Tokyo. So that's like you're a doing week after to- I get okay. back from Tokyo. So wait, next yeah. year's your like 2024 is it you've you're going to do new york too that's on the deck already yeah it's i'm not in it yet but i'm for i'm gonna for sure say i'm for sure doing it i'll do what i have Good to do to get for in. i know enough people i know enough people with the charities that i can get in if i don't get Amazing. into like a paradivision or something so i'll finish that after you do uh the worlds and get your 50 you got that buddy in louisville who does iron man's is an iron man on the radar yeah, definitely. I mean, people have been trying to talk me into it, and uh, I've been trying to just steer it away. But I think it's it's got to be on the list at this point. You know, just to do something like that would be incredible as well. But uh, I think the seven continents is in my near future too. After the after the fifty states, that. I mean, Wait, after I, you mean after like after I do Tokyo, I'll have I'll have three continents done. What about mm-hmm. so the World Marathon Challenge? Seven marathons, seven days, seven I've continents. Seen that. Somebody's got to sponsor him. Who wants to sponsor Jared? And yeah, also I me, because I want to do it I too. Like, I, saw, I saw it, and I was like, okay, this is something I might be able to get behind. And then mm-hmm. I saw the price tag, and I was like, never mind. I can't is it give it like $40,000, or is it more than yeah, that? Yeah, it, it's like $45,000. Oh, and I was oh. like, I, I like paying for experience. Guys, I said that earlier, but that's a limit. That's a limit around. Yeah, limit right Definitely. There. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> I added grandma's marathon in June. And so those are, and then I'll, I'll do Boston. Damn. I'm going all over the place, but then, and then Chicago. So the, I think those are all my for sure's for next year. When you do Boston, um, are, are, are you going to be here early? Or are you going to stay a couple days after? Do you know what your game plan is? Because I got to meet you. Yeah. I, so this, so this past year, because I got in super late and all the hotels were like super pricey. Erica has a spare bedroom. I, yeah, I just did a Saturday. So, yeah, I'm a great, great guest. You won't be able to tell them. You won't be able to tell them there. I got to be honest. I just need a place to to lift my leg up when I'm sleeping. So I can hook you uh, up with that. Because, yeah, so a couch, a couch, uh, arrow bed don't matter. But yeah, I actually, um, I planned. I was wanting to come in on Friday this year. And so stay longer and then, but mm-hmm. maybe just stay Saturday through Tuesday or something like that. This year it was Sunday to Tuesday. Cause that's all I can really forward. But I think, right. I think maybe adding one more day, Saturday to, to Tuesday would be nice. I want to meet you. But because I, I know so many person. people in New Hampshire, I might just come up there for the week, yes. not like in the Boston, but I'll, I'll come up to New Hampshire for like the week though. I could probably do that. That will be, that would right be so much yeah. fun. Cause yeah. you, yeah, you've got a whole bunch of friends, so we could have a whole event for you or something, and just all hang I'll come out. Come up have Thursday. Dinner. I'll come up like Thursday to Thursday or something like that. Yeah. That would be so fun. That'd be so cool. Yeah, okay. I'm game for that all the time. Yeah. Well, this has been a long time. <laughs> but this is gonna I be mean, an amazing episode. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, you teased us about two hours ago at the very beginning that you have quite the Code Brown story to share. That's yeah. what we're here for. Well, and I'll remind well, you one more time 
Spare no details. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, okay. So, of course, you know, I, I sharded on my first marathon, as everybody has, I'm sure. So, I, I did, I did learn, I do have that, but you that's not, the, that's right not in. mine, though. That's not my code, Brown. Uh, that's, that's just how I, I fit in with the marathon community right that there. Kinda like, counts. I kind of counts. Yeah. It makes me laugh. But still, to this day, I'm such a caffeine fiend when I run. It's like I'm scared to fart after like mile seven every marathon. So it's, so maybe you're not so alone. I, yeah, that's so a, a legit that's, fear of like every yes. marathon runner. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm to the point. Yep. Like I got, I got to worry about this now on top of my leg and I everything. I shouldn't drink else, during this, right? I should just put this down. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So my code brown is uh, I was running Mine Falls one day, right? And so it's in, uh, it was in August, like not this past year, but the year before that. And so I typically run with my shirt off. All right, I just I like I like being more aerodynamic. I like soaking in the sun, getting the vitamin D. And so it was like a it was like a twelve mile day. And uh, so as you'd expect, super sweaty. Right, mm-hmm. I was just a really sweaty guy. So I was actually on my way back. So I was probably like a half a mile away from the from the parking lot. So almost yeah. making my full trip back. And uh, I always like raved about how like there's all those roots and stuff. And I mm-hmm. had never tripped. I luck somehow never tripped, especially with <laughs> like my leg and no feeling. And so super sweaty, tired as crap. Um, I hit a root and I, I just like completely just fall forward. Oh, right. No. On to all the dirt, the rocks, all this stuff. And, uh, I just became like, a like one of those pop rocks thing, like, you know, those little kids <laughs> pop rocks. I mean, so when you look and I like turned, I like turned cause I fell. And so I have just dirt and, and rocks all stuck with me all oh, over it. No. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, no. And I was like, well, and then the thing is like, I got to get into my car. Right. I was like, I don't oh. know how to get my car like this, you know, uh, there's leather seats and stuff. It's just, this is going to be bad. Right. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was like, but I have a towel in the car. So I'm just like looking like a like a cookie, you know. what I'm saying just all oh, just dirt with dirt and stuff like that. So <laughs> I get back. And so yeah, so I get back. Of course, there's that skate park there. Mm-hmm. I so know where you like, are. Yes, I, yes, yes, yes. So I'm like, I can't, I can't get my back. So I got to get someone to get my back. And I'm, so I'm looking around, and I'm looking at the skate park. And I'm like, well, all these kids are like underage kids. Like this is, I don't like, I'm not, this is going to be a really weird. Yeah. I don't want to mess with this. So I was waiting and I'm walking around and then finally I seen some guy, he had to be like one of the parents or something. Yeah. I think it was like in his like forties or something. And I found him and I was like, look, man, I was like, this is going to be super weird. I was like, but you see me, right. And he was like, yeah, he starts laughing. I was like, I was like, I need, you know, no homo. I need you to, <laughs> I need you to wipe, I need you to wipe me off, man. I was like, I, I got to get in my car. And he was like, okay. Yeah, and he starts like laughing or whatever. And he's like, are you sure you really can't like find someone? I was like, no, dude, like, you're it, man. And I'm not getting in my car. So I don't know if he was messing with me. Cause he was like, are you sure you want to get your car? I was like, no, man. Like, no, I'm not doing it. So then, yeah. So I just had a nice experience with a strange man, just like wiping me down my sweaty body and all of this. And so finally it was decent enough to where I could, I could get in the car or whatever, you know, and, uh, 
But yeah, so that was that's a good one. A story that's probably I a love, little bit different than like that someone else has. You know, there's all, all the regular ones that I've I get. We, I we get, love it. But that's different. Yeah, I love you any know. story that starts with "Hey, you're going to think this is really weird." But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. We encourage yeah. those. <laughs> oh, Jared, you're such a cool dude. You have this amazing story, and you're an inspiration, man. It is absolutely the best part about this was. I had no clue. I had no clue. I didn't do my homework because you're just like, let me just tell my story and ask along the way. I'm glad you did. Honest to God, yeah. I thought your leg got blown up in like Afghan Afghanistan or something, and it was going to be like a military thing, and it happened to be just the complete opposite. It was a car accident, and the car didn't even hit you. It was the, yeah. all the debris and shrapnel from that uh, pylon, the concrete pylon, and so I went in here knowing nothing and it's one of my favorite guest appearances on the pod. Okay. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You're I'm just, super yeah, glad you guys have me on. Yeah. And I'm glad, I'm happy to meet you guys. And yeah, like I said, uh, anyone, anytime I can share my story, it's, it's, it's good therapy for me, you know, and again, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a struggle and you know, they say that, uh, I found a saying and I really enjoy it. I found it lately. And it was like, you go through obstacles in life. Cause I know it's like, well, God only puts obstacles to those who could overcome them. Right. But this one's mm -hmm. like, you know, you, everyone has the obstacles that are put in your way. They're there so you can get over them or get through them. And then you can share those with others. So it helps others with their struggles. And I just like, I just, that just like hits the, the mark around the dot for me. And that's why I absolutely love sharing my story. Again, because anybody that I can inspire or help out or help someone with their their story or their struggles, it, it means the world to me. That it means my my accident to go in vain. That's why I said that was always one thing was I didn't want the accident to go in vain either. So mm -hmm. you know, sharing the story, man, inspiring others. If I could get one person inspired, that that makes yeah. the world to me. So and with you guys allowing me to come on, share my story, and getting it out to more people, even better. So I'm just you know happy and blessed to have you guys uh, have me on. We are equally as blessed. Thank you for sharing all of that. That's, I mean, I'm still just blown away at how strong you are. So I just can't wait to keep seeing what you do next. I mean, you are just going to keep going and do your thing, man. Do your thing. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, like next time I come up, yeah, we'll we'll meet up and uh, like I said, I'll try Let to keep know. you posted on on future runs. Or Please something do. like that. I I see the ultras you're running. I would love to eventually try those, the 24 hours or something. You like, two would uh, be a group best I, friends. <laughs> Come to the dark am, side. We have snacks. Yeah, I've, I've definitely gotten to a point. I've gotten to a point now. It's like I am looking for failure. You know, I'm looking to see where this body uh -huh. can go now. You know, so looking to see how fast I can go. You know, I yep. didn't have my best run at the Air Force Marathon. I shot out fast. I was going to try to see if I can run with the 330 group. And I did for like 18 miles. I was super proud of myself. And I had to walk a lot of the rest of it. Mm -hmm. But I was like so pumped, so like happy that I could run a 330 pace for 18 miles. And so, but now I want to see like how far I can get push this body. Mm -hmm. No, because, you know, why not? So well, we would love to have you on the ultra uh, side. Oh, yeah. Cool. yeah, to join you. Anchor Please down. Do. Anchor down would be a good one. <laughs> Either that August. or hamster wheel. Yeah. Those are like easy enough where you can just test your limits. You can have plenty of time and you can perfect. just yeah. go and do your thing. So those are the, yeah. the most beginner ones I can think of. Okay. Yeah. I'll be mm -hmm. in touch then. Please do.
Wow. Erica, you have found some of the greatest guests on the podcast. <laughs> I should this- say thank you, Melissa, again, because yeah, this is really yeah. her for putting us in touch. So yeah. I am so, so thankful she did. Yeah. Jared, you're the man. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to go for a run with you. I can't wait to cheer you on at Boston. Uh, look for us at mile yeah. 19. We will stay in touch. What a way to kick oh, off 2024, of man. Thank you so much for coming Indeed. on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Jared, for coming on and spending time with us, a lot of time with us, but we thoroughly enjoy it, and you are just doing some awesome things out there, so you keep grinding at those marathons, keep doing what you do, and we wish you the best of luck, man. I can't wait to jump into one of those marathons with you someday, so yeah, when you do well, a, Ohio, one of those states I haven't done, let me know. Look, well, I know you've done Ohio already, or at least you are this year, but- uh, I'm signed you, up, yep. We got to go there, and he does that nationwide one in Columbus, so- yeah, it's so cool. Jared, keep doing what you do, man. I see all the time you post on Instagram, your story, you're running, you're working out, you're keeping at it, dude. Uh, I love, I loved your story. We got really into, uh, we got really into it there with like looking at the pictures on Instagram and I'm going to try to edit that one to put on YouTube. That's a long one. Maybe I'll edit some long clips of where we look at the pictures, but they are like, you might have to click on that. You got to remember, you have to click on that link, like sensitive uh, image here, click to view. So there was some great we'll stuff. See how there. It works. Some, some great <laughs> stuff from Jared. Super like what a cool story. It blew me out of the water because I first thought, okay, he's a military guy. Must have been a military accident. Turned out to mm-hmm. do nothing with the military. Just some, some night out in the town of where was it? Cleveland or around there? Some Akron. Well, he's from Akron, but it was like a 45 minute drive from Akron to get to wherever he was. I don't remember exactly where, but wrong place, but wrong time. Yeah. At some point during that interview, we talked about nurses and particularly we talked about hot, hot nurses, or maybe I just mm-hmm. said, I have a hot nurse story. I'm going to share it. You mm-hmm. ready? All right. Sure. I have a friend. This is not me, but I have a friend and I don't think I've talked about this friend before in the pod, but we're going to call him Brian. Because that's his real name. We're just going to call him Brian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brian got the snip snip a few years ago, right? So uh-huh. he tells us this story about how he's prepping to get the snip snip. And so he goes to the he goes to the doctor's office wherever he gets the snip snip. And I, I do think this is at a hospital. In fact, I think it's at the one in Plymouth, at Plymouth State. Okay. So as they're prepping him, they said, Eleanor is going to be here soon. Eleanor is going to be here soon to prep you. So he's thinking Eleanor is this old nurse who's going to come in there and shave his balls. <laughs> okay. So the curtain is closed. And then all of a sudden he says this curtain opens and here comes Eleanor, this young, extremely attracted nurse with many tattoos and piercings. And he's just like, oh my God, I am not ready for you to come here, take my pants off and shave my balls. <laughs> I am not prepared. (laughs) Holy shit. I thought you're going to be like a 65 year old woman. And you're like this young, gorgeous babe. And she's like, hold on. And does the shaving cream or whatever. And shaves. And he's like, hold it in. Hold it in. Don't look. Don't look. Mm." Oh, how awkward. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I go, dude, dude, maybe the best thing that could have happened for you right then was that because maybe if you did get a little excited, you would get everything shaved fully. But um, I think he uh, I think he held his own. (laughs) Are you crying? 
No. Are you crying right now? I'm not crying. <laughs> I am laughing though. Cry, cr- tears, tears of laughter though. That, that's my hot nurse this podcast story. just goes all over the place <laughs> thanks for sticking with us you guys well i was gonna say that's a perfect story for three hours into a podcast episode because if you are still listening you deserve you that story around. yeah 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 so oh, that was right. great that was great but let's get to the outro later on thursday this was a fun jared you're so cool this was a good one um I am never going to be shy about having a guest appearance go along because it's just so much fun. And your, your, your story was great. So it was a great one. And guys, we will see you in two days for an extended edition of the outro for episode 88. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram and all our social medias, join our Patreon page, support the pod so we can go to Boulder, Colorado in May. And so we can do other fun things with you guys. (laughs) Don't forget to go sign up for the Boston run show. Use the code podcast and you'll get your free tickets to the run show it's gonna be a great year two episodes already what a start we're off to i love this erica save this podcast and take us home oh and to all the hot nurses out there we love you too (laughs) on that note you guys we love you thanks for sticking around for this long episode don't forget to stretch Dolly Parton is 77 years old. Yeah. She looks fabulous. The other day, she was singing at the um, Tennessee football game. She Mm -hmm. sang sang Rocky Top High or whatever. She dressed up in this Rocky Mountain High. Rocky Mountain High. (laughs) He tried. Did you see the fucking rack on her? She's always had that rack. Holy. No. No, no. Like, like, when I saw it, I was, it's bigger. It's bigger. Bigger. Okay, I, I would think that eventually she would have got it down, but no, she she, she keeps that's rocking her that thing. Signature. Rocking that She's seventy seven. Yeah. Hold on. Good for her. She, that's her signature thing. She can't get rid of yeah. that. No, she. Oh, do you remember Jenny Dell? Jenny Dell did worked for Nesson. Was like the Red Sox sideline reporter. Yes. Yes. Okay. Jenny Dell interviewed her, and I'm just looking this whole interview. I'm just like. <laughs> I'm Wait. looking at your eyes. It's, no, no, maybe, no, my eyes are here. Maybe it was the. Oh, here's a picture. Here's a picture of the angle. I love this sharing screen thing. This is like the best thing that's happened to yeah. Riverside. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm like, oh boy. I think she just got thinner, and maybe that's why they look so ginormous. They are ginormous. Holy really shit. Are. She's 70. I think as, yeah, as she gets older, she's obviously, you know, her bone destiny and stuff's making her skinnier. And so those <laughs> she, things are just looking She's a tiny, tiny little thing. Yeah. Look at look oh, at like that permanent <laughs> smile too from the Botox. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Holy shit.
They going outwards too, yeah. She, I mean, and they're like, oh super. no, it really was Rocky Top. <laughs> they're like, wait a minute. Y- yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it back. Apologize. No, I don't know what I don't know what song that is. Then you say Rocky something mountain. Rocky and Top. I was like, wait, the song's called. Rocky I don't know that Top. song. Okay, I I apologize. I have no idea what song that is. I'll throw the <laughs> so. big. I'll, I'll throw this big boob thing at the. Uh, end (laughs) jared at the very at the very end of every episode after the music there's like a five second pause and there's like a funny thing and it will be did you see the size of those knockers (laughs) (laughs) perfect 